I am excited and also wary of this limited format. Makes sense. I want it to be really good. It seems like... I don't know if it's going to be. If you get to mutate a bunch, you're going to win. Calling it. Well, I think it's going to come down to the quality of mutate creatures that you have, right? I don't even think it matters. I think you just take over the game. If you just, like, rip one of the mythic rares, though, and you can do it... Yeah, I think if you just, like, you just stack it up, and if the opponent, opponent has a removal spell, just blow you out. Just fucking... I could see that happening. I could see that happening real easy. I am hoping that there is, like, some sort of developed distinct archetypes at some point that come together. Because at this point, there's not. And, it like, I'm hoping they start spoiling, like, some of some good humans. Well, there's not. There's some human shit. That might be the rest of the black. Like, bl- humans are just, like, black, white, and, like, green? I've never met green, Tyler. <laughs> well, there's the one, there's the one uh, mythic guy. Don't sass me. He's black and green. What, you ain't ever seen somebody with jaundice? That's yellow. Eh, depends. Nope, that's yellow. (laughs) You don't colorblind. That's not a dependent, just a fact. Sorry, bud. What is up, you companions? Welcome back to another episode of the Fetch and Shock podcast. I am your host, a bushwagon disguise, Tyler. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, a Sharknado Storm Chaser, Matt. Matt, what is going on, dude? I'm uh, just hanging out with my life. Good. I'm glad this, I'm glad to hear that. Those were good ones, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I had to use the bushwag because we got our second bushwag in all of magic in the spoilers for, for Akoria. What was the first one? Bushwag. Oh, that's an actual thing? Yeah, there's it's Bushwag. I don't remember what set it's from here. I'll look it up. But it's like a 2-3 um, that for like three mana that when it blocks, it gets a minus two plus two. And it's the only card of its creature type in Magic. It's from Mirage. And it is one green green for a 3-2. And when it's blocked or is blocking, it gets a minus two plus two. <laughs> no shit. That's but it's just terrible. This, it's just this derpy looking like idiot, like wolf dog thing, but its body's just a tumbleweed. It's magnificent. Is it though? I mean, I think so. And just the fact that it was like its only creature type, only of its kind for the longest time. And then Akoria had to come and just ruin it. It was uh, a mythical lad that you could say. It was, it was, it was a good boy as far as bushwhacks go, but the new one's like quite possibly playable. It's, uh... I think it's like a common it seems okay and limited, but that's about the extent of it. The new one, it's just one green, I think. I have to find it. I for some reason I didn't I didn't have this one specifically pulled up for this from the spoilers. If you could believe it, I can. <laughs> but he's a good boy. He's a goofy looking little idiot. He's, he's an adorable like, little idiot. There we go. He's the almighty bushwag. Everything else is like, I am fucking with that thing. Yeah, the art is so good. It's like this big boar and like this like deer antelope looking thing. And they're all just like, oh, I don't I don't want to fuck with this guy. And it's just this proud little like idiot creature that looks like a tumbleweed. He's just happy. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. It's, might be... uh, it's Ikora, Ikoria, whatever the fuck it's called. It's their, uh, not a hedgehog. Is it a hedgehog? What's the, no, it's not a hedgehog. What's the thing with the quills? Porcupine. Porcupine. It's the Acoria Porcupine. Yeah, exa- that's all it is. Yeah, it's just a 1-1 green guy with Trample, because you know you have to have a 1-1 with Trample. I know. What's the one from Theros, the 1-1 green 
thing with Tram. It's uh, the Badger, or isn't it? I have no idea. Oh, it's like Charging Badger. I think that's what it is. You know who would know? Corey. A thousand percent, he would know this. Uh, is that one of his favorite cards or some I shit? It, it's like the it's like the theme creature. It's the themey creature for if Lance could kill. Is the themey creature? Yeah, it's way themey. I don't know why I did that in event. Sorry, Italians. <laughs> you just had to go there. Apparently, I'm. I might be losing my mind a little bit. All this quarantine shit. Yeah, that'll happen. You're getting uh, cabin fever, I, I believe, is what they refer to it as. Yeah, but I'm not, though. I was out to, had to go in. I'd say you actually had to, like, live your life today. Do some work. Well, I mean, it was nice in Pennsylvania for the past couple of days, so I actually got to go outside and, like, play skateboard. Like, that was fun. Kev said it was snowing there today. Oh, yeah, today it was, but yesterday it was 70 degrees. Oh, uh, yeah, it was, like, 60 and sunny and gorgeous today here. Yeah, and then it just snowed, like, an hour ago. That's miserable. Mm-hmm. I mean, you did live in Pennsylvania for, like, 28 years. Yes. You know how it is here. Yeah, it's it's exactly that. It's 70 one day, six inches of snow the next, and by Saturday, it's 85 and sunny, and you'll have your air on. Hey, fingers crossed. That's what I'm hoping for, because I would like to be outside. Outside is not is, but it's significantly better than inside, turns out. Turns out. <laughs> but I guess we could talk about magic at some point. No? Do we have to? No! I mean, do we have much else to talk about? No, not really. <laughs> just stick with what you know idiots fair point (laughs) well speaking of idiots we asked the idiots and by idiots i mean the lovely people that listen to the fetch jog podcast you fucking morons (laughs) we asked them the the, a twitter question last week and it was tied into akoria specifically the new mechanic of giving ability counters to things we wanted to know which creatures from magic history are you excited to give ability counters to and there were some answers. Your answer, I did not see coming, and I would have never guessed in a million years. No, dude, I've that card is not one of my favorite cards, but it's always like, really? A fucking vanilla 8-8? Yeah, you said fusion elemental. Well, yeah, <laughs> Just, homeboy deserves to be all-powerful. Just throw trample on this guy, and it's just so much you? better. Not even trample, like... Oh, pay five, pay Wooberg, and it's plus two, plus two. Give it something. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's a counter yet. Yet. You're right. You're yet. right. We do still have some spoilers to come out. I can't say for certain. But we had a couple other really good answers. Um, Dennis, he's just like casually just wants to give Ulamog the Season Songer more things. Yeah, fuck Dennis and his bullshit. I saw <laughs> that. I was like, you son of a bitch. What does it really need? Yeah, because it because, ne- you know, when you cast it, you just get to destroy two permanents. And then it already has indestructible. It needs... No, let's give this guy, first like, strike. trample. First strike. Double strike. <laughs> he specifically said he's just like, I, I, I was thinking, like, lifelink or hexproof after I was just like, yeah, give it trample and first strike. And I was like, you monster. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's <laughs> really funny. Vigilance. Yeah, let's just give the crazy one of the craziest creatures in magic more things. For the fuck of it. Why not? Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> we had uh, Janata just go the entire different direction and say that the the one of the one one death touch snakes like Moss Viper from Theros just starts stacking counters on that. And then I was like thinking about it, I was like, oh wait, a one one for one with death touch is already a pain. Just imagine that thing just being like indestructible and then having like flying. Or first strike. First strike death touch is, is so a hard brutal to beat. move. Yeah, it's it's real powerful. Yeah, like that's a really good pick just for the fact that if you just start stacking things on that guy, it goes from just a lowly one one with death touch to 
the worst creature in the entire world to deal with. Yeah, an actual threat that you're like, oh, yeah, uh, I'm either racing this or I'm dying. And then also, uh, Dennis, after giving us the wild thought of, let's give Uthlebog some more things, he also asked, like, in addition to the question, which I thought was awesome, if you could give other counters that weren't, like, ability counters, like, old keyword abilities, what would you do? And my initial thoughts were giving something a prowess counter would be so bonkers. Or, like, giving an undying counter. I think that would be undying or the, what's the other, the opposite undying one. Oh, the one that gives the minus one, minus one counters. Murder Shred Cap has it. Yeah, I can't think of what it's called. Oh, man. Um, Persist. Persist, yeah, that. I think that one of those would be probably open up a lot of combo TB creature. Yeah, and then Dennis fires back. Uh, he was thinking infect. <laughs> like Fuck you, you Dennis. Give, give, give an infect counter to Ulamog now. <laughs> He's just trying to think of ways to make Ulamog the worst thing in the entire world to deal with. Son of a bitch, Dennis, you bastard. I already concede when Ulamog's put on the stack 99 times out of 10. Just put more keywords on it, make me concede faster. <laughs> That's actually really funny because... It makes me hate it, and that's what magic's about. So, yeah, Dennis, yeah. I, appre- I appreciate it. Hell yeah. <laughs> They're so good. Keep bringing the fucking savagery. 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 There we go. On go this episode, there. Matt learns how to talk. <laughs> and then Roy answered to that one. He gave us a list. Banding, Rampage, Shadow, and Flanking. I can get behind Rampage and Flanking big time. Flanking's pretty dope. Um, what about Bushido? Ooh, so you'd give it to, like, a card in your hand. Nope. Bushido is the opposite. Instead of their creature oh, that's getting the, minus yep, one, minus right. one, your creature's plus one, plus one, or whatever the Bushido is. Yeah, I was thinking of Nujitsu for some reason. Ninjitsu would be kind of sweet, but, like, I don't know how you'd be able to do that. Like, you'd have to have, like, an enchantment that says, like, like creature cards in your hand have Ninjitsu for their mana cost. That'd be kind of sick. That would be pretty sick. All right, get behind sir. that. When we, get, when we do... Return to Kamigawa in two sets from now, after Zendikar, that we need that enchantment. What would that enchantment cost? Give me everything in order, what it would say on the card. Um, It's just an enchantment that says creature cards you creature cards in you control. I don't even know how you'd be able to word it. That creatures, always helps me try to think of these things. when like, it, see, like, like Creatures you would cast, or creatures in your hand. I would say creatures in your hand have ninjutsu for their mana cost their ninjutsu their ninjutsu cost would be their mana cost i think exactly that uh creatures you control have ninjutsu equal to their mana cost creatures anywhere in your deck like one of those yeah creatures anywhere not in ninjutsu equal to its mana cost well there's that one uh vampire from shadows of Ranistrad that gives vampires you control from anywhere like even outside the game uh like madness, I want to say. Well, and madness like, would only work if it was discarded from your hand. That's part of madness. If you would yeah, discard it, this card, pay it. But for that this card, cost. I can't remember what the card's name is. But it, it specifically says on the card, like even ones you control outside the game, which is so wild. Like I just don't get where that yeah, the, really comes into play. Probably just so there wasn't a weird rules workaround, is my guess. But I don't know. Yeah, because like somebody knows something that we don't know. Like, look at Painter Servant, something like that. It's everything, even in your deck, your sideboard, wherever, the chosen color. Yeah, it would have to be something like the Painter Servant, except for Ninjutsu. Ninjutsu Servant. I would say creatures, creatures you can, 
creatures in your hand have ninjutsu, or yeah, creatures in your hand have ninjutsu uh, equal, equal to their, to their mana cost. Yeah. What do you think? That's like a a one black blue enchantment. Yeah, that seems fair. Or just a black and a blue. I kind of like that. Give it fucking flash. Ooh. A blue and a black and. A... Oh, I kind of dig that. Because it's ninjutsu, bro. Well, why don't you just give the enchantment a flash counter? Fuck off. <laughs> you could. Oh, I'll tell you what. I am really digging the spoiler season, though. <laughs> Moving away from the Twitter conversation about Akoria into actual Akoria kind of things. I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, it's lost some of its luster. There seems really? like some pretty powerful. Uh, there was some nuts really out of the box shit in this set. It's kind of turning away. I don't like. Well, why is that? I don't know. It might just Can't be these mechanics right. and the way they're handling it, but I don't know. I mean, it's kind of cool to see them taking, like, mutate in, like, every single possible direction they could take it. Well, they already had mute. They had the Eldritch Evolution. That's the OG mutate. Sure. Actually, banding. But they're just taking that, like, turning creatures into, like, pseudo-enchantments. Yeah. That and whole thing is, like, pretty worlds. sick. Yeah, I, I don't know. I may love it. I don't know. It might just be me being off of newer magic. I don't know. Doesn't mean I won't come back to it. That's, That's entirely true. possible. There are some very overtly powerful things. There's no doubt about that. There seem like some fun things, like that fucking uh, hasty cycle turtle. Oh, yeah. I fucking love that thing. That seems so much fun to me. It, like, the day after we recorded last week's episode, you were texting me, like, I'm I'm building this deck. Like, it's happening. I probably won't because I hate standard, but it seems I mean, fun. You know, you could just try Arena. You could do that, too. Because then you don't actually have to, like really invest a ton of money into it well standard super fucking cheap man like what's the most expensive standard deck in the last couple seasons five uh, like 500 bucks. 600 bucks yeah that's not terrible i have all the shocks that expensive stuff uh i don't have four euros so i think if any format especially like standard where euros legal and you're not playing euros that's just wrong but yeah because that card's just too yeah yeah, card's insane. Um, one thing I noticed about this set, it doesn't seem like there's any like real hyper aggressive. Hey, I'm gonna fucking kill you. No, there's not. Like, it doesn't seem like there's going to be a really aggressive slanted limited deck that you that's can put together. Where I think that's part of the where I'm getting away from like that type. Everything is just mid range. Everything is mid range. I mean, but this is like the big monsters set, so maybe there is. That's entirely a strategic too. level for that, where it's just they want to make sure that in a limited format, you are going to be able to play your big dumb idiots because that's the whole flavor. That's possible. And yeah, I get that. There are definitely faster RTR. Christ, you're dead on turn. Cool. Um, yeah. That's still fun, though. Um, but then you have like Rise of the Eldrazi, pretty slow format. Yeah, it's super slow, grindy format. So they're um, and they're both fun. That's not the reason I don't like it. Um, because a limited set is one thing, but there are stuff in the sets for other formats, I guess I should say. And yeah, it for plays... not a limited sake, but for a constructed sake. But there's nothing that's slanted towards any of that in this. Um, I beg to differ. There's some pretty crazy things in here. Crazy but things, before, yes. Before we start talking about Aquarius spoilers, let's go through some of these commander spoilers, because we have got all of the deck lists for all of the commander decks coming out. All five, uh, I get they they're they're all themed in their no, own you fucking dumb dumb. They're themey in the, their own way. They are themey in their own way. How right. dare you, sir? <laughs> but the so, themey part is they're based pause around. Real quick. Let me pause real quick. Okay. Um, 
I'm actually more excited about some of these than I am the Akoria cards. Ooh, that's kind of strange. Weird, I know. Yeah. Yeah, but so all of the five commander decks, we talked about them a bit last week, but now we have all the deck lists, we can kind of see the texture of how these decks are going to be put together. They're all based around the three color wedges. Is it wedges, I believe? Yeah, they're wedges. The wedges? They're definitely not the shards, that's for sure. But they're the three color wedges that are ever present in Akoria. Um, and we have some disgusting new cards. Uh, I don't, we're not going to really touch on any of the reprints, uh, cause we know that those cards exist. Like there are some cool ones, but if you want to know what reprints are in the decks, you, the decks are all available online. Well, let's do this. Are there any chase reprints that they did? Um, like from, super expensive cards that have dropped wildly because of, I don't think so. At least not from what I saw. They all seem pretty like grounded in a multiple things what yeah. you would expect to come out in these sets it's not like they reprinted in these sets um the one thing that they are reprinting in this set that was needed to reprint which they spoiled late like really late last week that we did not get to talk about um oh they are reprinting uh silent arbiter shout out silent arbiter they are finally putting lightning greaves in these decks which is nice oh fluctuator they reprinted too Yep. Thank fucking Christ, because those foil, what is it, Odyssey ones? Oh, are worth a gazillion dollars? Yeah, or just the regular ones were like 25, 30 bucks after all these, after the first cycling set, the, uh, not Amonkhet, what was after Amonkhet? Was it Amonkhet? That block? Yeah, Amonkhet had cycling, yep. Yeah, they went up after that. No, but they're uh, putting Arcane Segment that was in the Brawl decks. They're putting that in these. Oh, so it's no longer going to be $20 or it wasn't that high, but. No, but it was, it was far more expensive than I think it needed yeah, especially if it's a commander staple that literally everyone wants to play because it's a two mana perfect mana rock. Yeah, but there's I don't there's nothing that stands out to me that's a reprint that is going to make you want to search out that one specific deck just to get that reprint. That's how they good, have done probably. in the past sometimes. Yeah, like there's or... been chase cards, but they've all been like new cards. Like Teferi's Protection. If you find one of those decks, you're buying that like at MSRP because Teferi's Protection pays for the deck and then some. Yeah, and then all the other shit that's in there. And there's other stuff that's still like 15 bucks or so. Mm -hmm. I, mean, yeah, my... I, just, I wanted to ask. I didn't know if there anything, because I didn't really see everything out of these. I just saw some of the, the newest things that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite card from these commander decks is this Manascape Refractor, the three-mana artifact. This card has all activated abilities of all lands on the battlefield. Not ones you control, all of them. Your opponents, all of them. You may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to pay activated costs of Mana Fractor's ability. This card is so sick. Do you think this would see play in a deck like Legacy Land? Huh. To just give you an extra copy? Or do you think that the the Mirror mirror Entity, is that what it is? No, Mirror... Mirage Mirror. Mirage Mirror. Just like a better version. I think in that context, it might just be a better version of it. Because what could you really three do? Mana? You get, that's very true. That's a big thing. The other one's three mana too, and you have to pay for it, and it just copies Dark Depths is the the combo. Yeah, but this can't that. really copy Dark Depths in but the this, sense where it's just going to be able to get you the thing. This could be a Wasteland or a Rishida Port or a Maze of it. Yes, it can. It can definitely do the things. My thing is that this is like the perfect artifact for Commander. Like this can be a Cabal Coffers. This can be... Uh, strip mine strip mine yeah this can be whatever land you need it to be um the one scavenger grounds that exiles graveyards this is a 
this could be a scavenger grounds. Sure. This can yeah, be Elizabeth. This, this is pretty balanced because someone yeah. does something degenerate, like goes and gets Urborg and Cabal Coffers, and you're like, hey, cool, I got a Cabal Coffers too. Yeah, I got Cabal Coffers, and thank you for your Urborg. <laughs> because now all my things are... And even if you're not playing a black deck, like you just get to make all of the black mana and then use your other lands as your colored sources. So you just essentially just have a ton of colorless mana floating. Yeah. It levels the playing field in situations like that. Because I can't even tell you how many times I've played a commander game where the black player just goes and has both of those cards. Way too soon and just... Yeah, has... like on turn four and then just run away with the game by producing 30 times more mana than any other player at the, at the table. Yeah, I've seen that occur as well. Yeah. Also, the other thing out of these, which I think these are going to be chase cards, are the free spells. Oh, yeah. Those are quite... Yeah, so they're, they, re they printed a cycle of spells in uh, these commander decks, and so each color has their own free spell. The green one is called Obscuring Haze. It's for two and a green, instant speed. All of these spells have the same ability, which is if you control your commander, you can play the spell for free. The green one is just fog, so it prevents all damage that would be dealt this turn, but instead of just regular fog, it's by creatures your opponents control. So you can still deal damage. It can save some of your creatures. This one's pretty underwhelming. The red one, uh, Deflecting Swat, is two and a red, instant speed. It has that same commander clause. Well, these um, are instant, aren't they? They are all instant, yes. And they're all uh, two colorless and, and whatever color that they are. Um, the red one is just a fork. Seems pretty good. Free fork with your commander. Yeah, just for free. In, in red, turns out that's pretty good. The blue one <laughs> is pretty busted. The blue one is two and a blue. It's fierce guardianship. Two and a blue, instant speed. And you just counter target non-creature spell for free. Can I... Uh... I am super glad that these have this under uh, stipulation. Oh, they it needed to be. There's no way that they couldn't have done that. Well, they could have done like a, a new force cycle or if you have, you can play this for free as long as you have three or more lands or three or less lands. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I, I think I, it was intentional to make it the commander clause because one, obviously commander deck. Commander, yeah. And two, I think they've learned their lesson at this point that they don't want to fucking throw free spells into Legacy and Vintage that just completely wreck the form. Yeah, you would think. Like th These were, we I think, cautiously printed. Um, but the black one, I lied. Not all of them are two in their color. The black one is three and a black, and it is Exile Target Creature, which probably smart that that's not just two and a black. I mean, you can also just cast the other mana cost if you don't mm -hmm. have your commander. That's true. But the great thing about Commander is uh, you probably want to be playing your Commander. Yeah, nine times out of ten, and then more. And, and I would some. say the most, the probably the most important one out of all of these is the white one. Yeah, this one seemed like the best for a Commander game. Yeah, it is Flawless Maneuver. So for two and a white, instant speed, has the Commander Clause, but it says creatures you control gain indestructible until the end of turn. Hey, nice Wrath of God. Nice board sweeper. Well, I mean, also in white, you have in like almost unlimited access to wraths. Having this and a wrath in your hand and your commander on the battlefield. Oh, I didn't even think of that. You win the game. <laughs> like it, that's pretty much the, what it says. Sweep the board and go to town. Yeah, like wrath of God on the stack. Uh, flawless At instant maneuver. speed too. Yeah. 
So this could really make so you can combat difficult. Yeah, or... you can respond to your opponent's wraths. If your opponent has some shenanigans, like you said, during combat. Uh, nope. This card's gross. Yeah, it seems pretty good. That one seems like this. Yeah, oh yeah. I, I think without question, that is probably the best card. Um, another card that I thought was really, really cool um, was Netherborn Altar. For one and a black, it's an artifact. You can tap it, and you put a soul counter on Netherborn Altar. Then you put your commander into your hand from the command zone. You lose three life for each soul counter on Netherborn Altar. Hey, quick question for you. Yes? What uh, life total do you have? In commander? commander? Oh, it's uh, 40. That's a 4 oh, so that ain't shit. Yeah. I mean, my initial thought with this, I have been working on a Phage commander deck for a while now. Um... This is really good with her. Yeah, it lets you actually cast. Weird. Yeah, I'm going to reach out and touch some people with Phage. And this altar is just going to lead me to the promised land. Hey, I'll touch you. Whoa, man. I had to get another uh, Beer Fest quote in there. <laughs> um, we were talking about Beer Fest while I brought that I don't that know. Up. That might not make it into the intro, but I might have to just try to force it in now. Just or because of that. That's just going to be so out of context. Fetch and shock out of context. Just We're just going to start quoting things. Shocking. We've never talked about. That's actually... Yeah, way funnier. To us, inside jokes. Yeah. Hold on, wait, wait, go down. What's the flash thing? Flash thing. No, the title barracuda. That's pretty cool. Which one? Didn't see that. The title barracuda. Yeah, I think cool. Gives everyone gives everyone all spells flash, but they can't cast them during your turn. That's pretty dope. Yeah, title barracuda is pretty sick. That kind of fucks really cool, everyone. Just like weird, unique cards. That's like a perfect group hug card. For four mana, for three and a blue, for a three, four, with that ability... And it's a creature that's pe like people aren't going to be seeking out to kill. I don't think. No, you're like, hey, you give all my stuff flash. Sweet. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. Another card that I thought was really neat and just a really cool design. Um, Eon Frolicker. The best part about it, first of all, uh, we got another otter. I so love the otters. That. They're such otters are like seals. They're just another form of water dog. Yeah, they're the, they're one of the greatest creatures on the planet. Otters are like 100% number one best animal besides good girls. That's fair. Yeah, besides yeah, besides dogs. And they're they're tied with seals. See, I'm choosing otters over seals 10 times out of 10. Uh, okay. Especially this guy cuz he is sick. For 2 and 2 blue, he's a 5/5 five, five flyer, which is pretty good. Also flying otter, sign me up. Um but when he enters the battlefield, if you cast it, target opponent takes an extra turn after this one. Until your next turn, you and Planeswalkers you control gain protection from that player. I love cards like So, I have a thing here. You could literally kill someone with this thing, right? Uh, yeah, you definitely could. If you can figure out a way to blink it infinite times, you just win the game? Yeah. Oh, you know what? Like, if, like I, I'm thinking like a blue-green deck where you have like Seaborn Muse. So you can like untap your stuff and then like have like some blue thing that blinks a creature. Thassa, the new Thassa. Yep, that's a good oh, no, one. That's, that's no, that's at your end step. end step. Yep. There's a ton of shit that blink stuff for. Or even for just everything. make like a Bant deck and like just use like one of the a million white things to do it. Yeah, you could just like target like here, buddy. I'm gonna give you an extra Infinite turn. Turns, but I have protection from. Give you. you another turn, and then another turn, and then another turn, and then also another turn. And either that person can just be like, okay, I can see the game, or they can be. A, a nice guy and be like oh thank you for all the extra turns and then just kill everybody else besides you <laughs> that's uh it's a fun little 
thing that I'm going to definitely make a combo out of. See, I was thinking I'm just going to give away one extra turn and just be really nice and also have a little bit of protection. You immediately took our lovely little elemental otter boy and turned him into a weapon of mass destruction. Why would you not do that? It literally gives <laughs> you protection from them. You're a, he, he, why would you use this guy for evil? He is so cute. Why would you ruin him? Because he's a four mana five five, bro. That's flying. <laughs> This I thing was that. meant to be broken and kill everyone. I mean, he does... Fetch only... and shock army. I'm calling on the spicy boys. And... Oh, spicy boys. This is a call to action. Find me a combo that blinks this guy in times. Oh, I love this. Thank you. Please and thank you. Well, I mean, if they wanted to let you know, like, that they found it, where would they be able to do that? Uh, they can call me. <laughs> Give out your phone number right yeah. now. <laughs> it's 867-53. No, See, I, that's a, that's I would a imagine song. that they would probably also be able to reach out if they don't have a cell phone, but they have a computer. Uh, you know, Tyler, I'm getting tired of your shit. I'm trying to derail us. You just got to keep on trucking. <laughs> Sorry, dude. I'm just programmed <laughs> this way. I was born this way. They could they could probably let us know on fetch underscore shock on Twitter. I probably. That would assume. probably be a good time. Yeah, yeah this set's sick. Some of the commanders are good. Um, there's a whale wolf, uh, which makes me pretty uncomfortable. That's a fucking weird combination. Yeah, but there also is an elemental hound, and he is a Labrador retriever, uh, but also an elemental, and I love him, and if anybody hurts him, I will be very upset. There's a shark bird. There is also not? a shark bird. This entire commander set, and not just even the commander set, Akoria just in general, has really taken the concept of, like, cohesive creature types and, like, sent it to the farm. Yeah. yeah. They've just murdered the entire concept of cohesion with creature types. Like, they, I'm pretty sure they thought, what is the farthest thing away from a shark? Oh, a bird. Something that flies. Yeah, let's put it, let's put them together. Someone's going to make a shark NATO-themed deck. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> okay, Fetch a Shark Army, another call to action. The first one with a shark NATO-themed deck will get uh, a, a shout-out? We give those out very infrequently, so you <laughs> take that. As yeah, we never shout people thinking. out. Yeah, we really hate it. We never do it. Especially not in an episode, ever. But that's Commander. I mean, I'll probably buy one of these decks. You usually if, do, don't you? If I have the, yeah, typically. Um, if if anything sparks my interest in them. Um, I mean, worst comes to worst, I buy one of them. And then one of the cards goes like through the roof. And then I piece it out. And then just sell it. And they just don't have any use for any of the other pieces. Um, I did that with a Dragon's deck last the the when they printed that one. Uh, but the Ur Dragon. Yeah, the the yeah the Ur Dragon deck. It had like the black wrath in it, and then the blue enchantment. And both of those cards were by themselves like over the price of the deck. So I bought it, and then just sold those, and then just <laughs> kind of did whatever with the rest of it. Yeah, that checks out. So what else? What else you got for me? There's also a shitload of cats. Yeah, but that's also coming from Akoria. Speaking of Akoria, Matt, how do you feel about talking about some? Uh, some new spoiler action. I suppose we can continue on that train. I mean, we got really nothing else to talk about in Magic. True. And this is the hotness. Let's jump in with a card that, again, was brought to me, brought to my attention. I believe by Dennis, I want to say. He's just always keeping me on my toes. First first of all, by saying that I we should uh, give Ulamog trample. No, he said vigilance too and lifelink. He's a monster. My kind of people. You're right. But he did also bring a card to my attention. Um, and it was the Lava Brink Adventure. 
You mean white true name nemesis? Pretty pretty similar to white true name nemesis. This card is sick. He said it mm, might be a nice uh, sideboard card for death and taxes, and I don't entirely disagree with that. Um, this card is awesome. It is a three mana three three, which pretty good rate. It's a human soldier, which I'm okay with. It's two and a white, and when it enters the battlefield, you choose odd or even. Lava Brink Venturer has protection from the each converted mana cost of the chosen value. So, I mean, 10 times Seems out of like 10. Seems like the uh, perfect soldier to carry a sword in the battle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this seems really good. Oh, I just realized something. What is that? When you said carry a sword in the battle, swords have a CMC of three. Does that mean you cannot equip this guy with a sword if you pick odd? I, I think don't that's know. the case. I don't know how that works. I'm pretty sure that's the case. So pick even. Because like, if you give a creature of protection from artifacts, then all the equipments fall off of it. Then, yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, my thing is, I would always want to pick odds with this, because then it doesn't die to swords, doesn't die to fatal push, doesn't die to bolt. Like, all of the premier removal spells are all one mana. This guy just gets pro premier removals. Pro odd. Yeah. Like, they would just have to, like, abrupt decay or assassin's trophy this guy. Which isn't as common as bolt. No, it's not. or plow. 100%. It's like just those are the premier spells. Seems like a good card to test out. Oh, there's definitely a chance that I will buy some of these and just like run it. There's also a chance that he did mention that in Death and Taxes, he didn't say which format. This also could be true. a modern humans card. Could be. Big time. Just start chunking them. Yeah, because I mean, depending on the scenario they're into, you can just name whatever creatures that they have. And just go through, like, you can't, like, name even. This blows through a Tarmogoyf. It blows through a Nice Van Coddle. It actually blows through a Germ Token, just for... Yes, it does if you name evens, because that's zero. That's pretty sick. Oh, I love that. Yeah, this card's kind of sweet. In this theme, in the set of, like, this odds-evens world that we're living in, I don't hate it. It's not my favorite. It makes some inter- un- some uninteractive, but I think that's fine. I mean, but not, does it, that's not always going to be the case. Does it make less interactive games than like other things that don't have a choice? Like True Name Nemesis, where it just grants like just protection from everything? Or no, no, that card just turns it into a race. This there's actual decisions. There's, there's play to it because they could have two two drops, one three drop, but then you're like, okay, they have what if they have an awesome five drop that just eats this or something? You know what I mean? Exactly. And so there's like, there's at least an amount of play to it. Yeah, that's, um, what, I, that's what I was saying. It's not yeah, all the yeah. time. Another card that's kind of similar to this is uh, Extinction Event, where it's a Wrath. It's three and a black, sorcery speed. You choose odd or even, and then exile each creature with that chosen converted mana cost, odd or even. Yeah, this could be like a nice two for one or a blowout. Yeah. Like this can just deal with a creature that you need to deal with, and like maybe you lose a creature in the transaction. Or... Yeah, you could just totally hose your opponent. Yeah, this one uh, is probably more swingy than a 3-3. Yes, I agree with that. But, I mean, this is a cool version of a Wrath, and it does fit this theme of the set, which I'm okay with them getting, like, I get behind that. Yeah, that's fine, because it's going to affect you as well. Oh, yeah. there's I don't, I don't think there's going to be very many times where you cast a spell and it doesn't at least hit one of your cards. If you can masterfully set it up where it doesn't, that's going to feel really good. Yeah, hold all your even or odd drops and then let them play into it, whatever they have more of, and then start deploying all your other stuff. There's definitely that too. Yeah. 
Oh, for sure. Um, the next card I wanted to talk about is kind of like another fixed version of a card that we just recently had a fixed version of. And I believe the reprint of the fixed version is in the uh, cycling commander deck. Yeah, this is escape protocol. So it is one in a blue for an enchantment. Whenever you cycle a card, you may pay one. When you do exile target artifact or creature you control, then return it to the battlefield under its owner's control. Matt, what card does this sound like? Uh, the I forget what the name of it. Astral Slide. The Slip and Slide, baby. Astral Slide. And the fixed version was Astral Drift. So this just like, this is a combo card. Like through and through. I don't know how good this particular version of it is, but Astral Slide itself is like a brutal combo card. Oh yeah, you can just do super degenerate things. Yeah, when the deck is entirely cycling cards, like you can just release the fucking hounds with that card. Release the Kraken, if you will. Oh yeah, that Kraken, let it go, bud. Speaking of another cycling card, this card is maybe one of the coolest, like most unique cards in the set to me. It is Zirda, the Dawn Waker. It's one of the, it's like the cycle of the companion rares. This one's one, a red or one and then two red-white hybrid mana. It is an elemental fox, legendary creature, which is sick. It's a 3-3, three, three, and its companion is each permanent card in your starting deck has to have an activated ability. It also says activated abilities you activate that aren't mana abilities cost two less to activate. This effect can't reduce the mana in that cost to less than one mana. And you can tap it, or pay one and tap it, and target creature can't block them. There was a card like this in Rise of Eldrazi as a blue enchantment. Yeah, and that card was really training limited. grounds. Yep, training grounds. I mean, this card, I think in my in my perfect world, right? And this could be just totally not the case, but in my perfect world, you are sitting down at a draft table, right? You are opening your first pack. You're excited to see what happens. Uh, you're flipping through your pack and you're like, oh, the commons are fine. You look at your own commons, you're like, oh, this could be perspicable. And you get to this guy and then you just completely wipe your mind of any kind of preconceived notion of draft. You slam this guy down and then you take every single cycling card you could possibly get. And just it go seems, to town. It seems not worth it. I guess you don't have to play it in your main deck. Never mind. Exactly. Like, I just want to build the monocycling deck, have this, and the other red enchantment. The red enchantment is... Let me find it. It is because the red enchantment is nuts. It's unpredictable cyclone. Because I feel like that's going to wheel to you if somebody opens it. Because it's just such an obscure card. But it's three and two red for an enchantment. If a cycling ability of another non-land card would cause you to draw a card. Instead, exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a card that shares a card type with the cycled card. You may cast that card without paying its mana cost, then put the exile cards that weren't cast this way onto the bottom of your library in a random order. Hmm. Like, you can't tell me that wouldn't be the most fun deck ever. It would be pretty fun. Hell yeah. Like, that is through your deck up my alley. I never want to do anything that isn't that. That does seem really fun, actually. Just draw all the cards. Yeah, I, I think the the fox. It's not like necessary for that. Like you could just open up the um the the unpredictable cyclone rare and just go to town. That's definitely a thing you could do. Isn't there a red white rare card that deals with cycling? It like pings something for two. I believe you are correct. I don't know what it is. I'm gonna have to find it. But like there is definitely that very functional 
sub theme of cycling. Oh yeah, there's a lot of shit with cycling. There's stuff with cycling just one too, which I saw. You don't really see that very often, do you? There's a ton of one one generally one colorless too, not just like a one color. That's the big thing, right? Like that is the thing that you don't see very often. Like you obviously have the cycling lands that's just like one of whatever color that land produces. Like Baron Moore is like one black cyclet. And those lands are great, but you never see permanence with like one colorless, just throw this away draw. Yeah, almost never. I do like how it they can't reduce it to less than Um, that does kind of balance it out a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, you just can't go draw your whole deck or whatever. I mean I don't think that would ever be an issue in limited, but I could see how that would potentially create a problem in uh in constructed. Well, fluctuator lets you do it, I guess. But yeah. that's in the, that's in commander, right? That's not in, in the, yeah, that's a commander. Okay. Crib. That's what I thought. Yeah, so I know you wanted to talk about Narset. I'll read her off and then we'll get into her. Uh, So Narset of the Ancient Way. She is one, a blue, a red, and a white. So she's back on her Jeskai bullshit, which I'm a fan of. Welcome back to the good side, Narset. I mean, yeah, because the mono blue Narset was definitely bad side Narset. Fuck that card. But she is a, obviously a legendary planeswalker, Narset. She has a starting loyalty of four. Her plus one ability is you gain two life, you add a white, a red, or a blue, you spend this mana only to cast non-creature spells. She has a minus two ability that says draw a card, then you may discard a card. When you discard a non-land card this way, Narset of the Ancient Way deals damage equal to that card's converted mana cost to target creature or planeswalker. And then she has a minus six ability, which says... You get an emblem with whenever you cast a non-creature spell, this emblem deals two damage to any target. The first thing that I thought of when I saw this card, the minus two says you may discard a card. Yeah, may. We've never seen that before. Yeah, we have. Have we? With a draw card and then you may discard it? Oh, not in that order. That's what I'm saying. Like, you may discard a card after drawing a card. Her minus two could just be straight up draw a card. Yeah. Which is super cool. Um, this, this isn't super broken. Um, it's definitely good, which I think is a very good balance for a planeswalker. It is good. It is mana ramp. It does gain you life. So there's a control element there. It ramps up. And then the ultimate is minus six. So two pluses and you're golden. Yeah. And I mean, it's producing mana, which is one, not really something we see out of these colors, especially in a planeswalker. Yeah. Now, granted, it's only non-creature spells, but. Uh, I mean, that's what Narset wants you to do anyway. Generally want to play non-creature spells anyway, yeah. Exactly. Like, her whole entire deck concept is you're playing non-creature. And the creature spells that you're probably playing are gaining from you not playing other creatures. Like, with prowess or something. Yeah. Or I was thinking, like, a taking turns style deck. Oh! Yeah, the ultimate is just, like, another win condition. Like, just taking all the turns. Uh, It helps with the mana part. Each turn, you're gaining life. Even if you fizzle, you might gain six life, which will buy you more time. And you can just draw a card. Yeah, I mean, and there's a chance that you just, it's going to be a hard time for you fizzling because Narset activating every turn and either helping you cast your spells or just drawing you into more action. I think this will be pretty big in Commander, uh, probably in uh, Standard too. Just like a control deck, like with sweepers and stuff like that. Also, this pains me to say it, but in the art... Do you see her just like kick, trying to kick away the white mana symbol? Oh from yeah, her she's trying to get that shit out of there. 
It would be great if the next Nars that they printed is just blue red. <laughs> that would be so sick. You're so right. Um, and to be fair, the only white part about this card is Gain you're two gaining life. two life. And yep. it is arguably the worst text on this card. Yeah, pretty close to it. Like, she's just like, please get this fucking white mana symbol out of my shit. Make my plus one a little bit better. And then I'll be just a very, very good planeswalker. Because, like, the most lackluster ability on her text is the top one. It's her plus one. Yeah, the plus, it really is just trying to get to the ultimate, I think, here. Yeah, I don't think the ramp, the ramp isn't going to be a big thing. Um, because a lot of non-creature spells that you're going to want to cast in a control deck are counter spells or instant things that you don't really want to be spending the mana on your turn. But it can help save mana for not your turn, I guess. I mean, you know what would be really cool? If Narset was, like, two blue-red, and instead of gaining two life, it said, add a red or a blue, this mana doesn't leave your mana pool until your next upkeep. Until, like, you start your next turn, then it drains or whatever. Yeah, until your opponent's end step. You could say that. Yeah. Like, that would just make this card so much better. Like, I hate the fact that I'm saying white just does not belong in this card, but it doesn't. It just does not belong in this card. Yeah, I thought that, too. It doesn't seem... Like a very white prevalent ability that it any has of them no are. no white characteristics besides the gain to life. Zero percent white characteristic. That's not nothing because you are getting something else out of it. It's not just plus one to life. Yeah, but it doesn't really mean anything for the card. This also is a mana fix. Uh, say you only have Jessica and you need uh, one of the other colors. You you have it now. Sure, if you need like double red to cast a spell. Like, yeah. You can play her and then get your double red. Sure. Is this a splashable card? Maybe uh, this seems to be a decent amount of mana fixing. That's a lot of three color decks anyway, so it's possible. But I mean, Narset's just bringing again to my argument that this feels like a lot, a lot in my mind. It feels a lot like Hansatark here. Yeah, a little bit with the the wedge cycles and yep. uh, some of the lands and whatnot. The ultimatum, well, the ultimatums weren't in cons, but you get my point. Well, if you want to talk about the ultimatums, Matt, I guess we'll just talk about the ultimatums because we have the completed ultimatum cycle now. Yes, we do. Which is kind of sick, and they're all pretty powerful. There, there's one of them. I'm pretty sure that shit. Uh, I can't remember which one it is. It's clearly the worst one. Yeah, there are ones that are better than uh, some, but I guess for those of you out there who are not super familiar, um, the ultimatum cycle all started with what? The cruel ultimatum. Cruel ultimatum is the... Probably the bees and ease of the Grixis control decks. Yeah, cruel ultimate. I mean, even for a long time in modern, back when modern was uh, a little bit slower, uh, a little bit, yeah. Cruel control was a like a very viable deck. Yeah, it was a thing people played. Yeah, you just like kind of dirtled until you had the mana to just cast cruel ultimatum a couple times, and you just cruel ultimate your opponent out of the game. Yeah, and Turns that was out a that's tried a decent, strategy. Yes, it is. And we had ultimatums for all of the shard color combination yeah these are the the other ones now we have the wedge combination ultimatums so like for the abzan one we have uh eerie ultimatum shout out to eerie pennsylvania sure but yeah i mean i like eerie i like eerie Lena, but i also like eerie ultimatum probably more uh eerie ultimatum is two white three black and two green for a sorcery it says return another or return any number of permanents with different names from your graveyard to the battlefield. Um, this is for sure very good. I would easily first pick that in um, a limited 
like a draft and mm-hmm. just fucking lean into it. Uh, there also is a pretty decent sacrifice to these colors, so get your value, True. and then boom, we got everything back. Yeah, and I think that's a good point that you just hit upon. Um, I don't know how these are going to impact a, any kind of constructed, um, but you will have a chance to see these in limited. Some of these are worth diving into and making a point to try to get to it. Some of them are not. Yes, yeah, couldn't agree more. Yeah, um, this next one is, I think, my favorite out of the cycle. It is Emergent Ultimatum. This is the Sultai one. So This one's two... the most powerful. Yeah, without sure. a question. So for two black, three green, and two blue, sorcery speed, you get a spell that says, search your library for up to three monocolored cards with different names and exile them. Any opponent chooses one of them. You shuffle that card into your library, and then you cast the other two. You exile uh, Emergent Ultimate after that. Uh, yep. Combos. Yep. Seems like that's the case. They are monocolored spells, so it's like hard to chain things together. But well, this is something like I'm thinking. There are creatures that monocolored creatures that bring creatures back. For, is it they're exiled, aren't they? It exiles. Um, it doesn't exile the spells that you cast. It exiles. Um. Emergent ultimatum after it's cast. So what happens to that third card? The third card gets shuffled into your library. The other two get cast. Ah, okay. But yeah, you could still set up some pretty easy combos with this. I mean, this this is super reminiscent of one of my favorite cards in Magic history. Tooth and... Not Tooth and Nail. Gifts Ungiven. Oh, yeah, I guess so. This this gives me big Gifts Ungiven vibes. Or intuition. Yeah, a lot of intuition. Like, a little bit of intuition vibes with that, too. But, like, you can just imagine a world where you cast this card and then go get like Elishnor, Iona, Gristlebrand, and then your opponent just has to pick their poison. Do you know what I want to do with this? Uh, we did what mention like to do with this? Painter's Servant earlier. Oh! Get some Painter's Servant and the Emrakuls and some big old Eldrazi's. Well, I hate to break it to you, bud. I don't think those cards count as monocolored, car- mon- monocolored cards. Uh, they would with Painter's Servant. Oh, it's true. If you already have Painter's Servant on the battlefield. I thought you were going to get Painter's Servant. Oh, no, no. Um, no sir. Also, an important distinction, too. Um, this is monocolored cards. Yeah, not necessarily creatures. Yeah, we're focusing a lot on creatures. There's a chance that you just go get some disgusting, just like Wrath or something. Like, if you just cast this and go get, like, Damnation... Wrath of God, and then like a draw spell. They throw away now, the draw spell, and then you just guaranteed wrath. Would you get to order what would those spells resolve simultaneously, or could you stack them? However, no, you, you, you get to you cast them in whatever order you you like you see fit. It's kind of like uh, Mind's Desire. Like when you do Mind's Desire and it resolves, then you have all of the spells that you can cast off Mind's Desire. You get to choose in which order you get to cast them. Huh. This is like a spicier version. Um, what's that? It's three blue green. If you pay however many colors of mana, bring delight. Bring delight. That's it. Yeah, bring delight. Sick. So you could do some really gross things with like scape shift. Uh, no, I was I mean, thinking you, more you like for modern specifically, like through the breach and stuff like that. Yep. You could go get through the breach into big dumb idiots. Oh, for sure. You could do disgusting with this. Yeah, so but this like one... The, the Brindlight Escape Shift deck was potential. one of my favorite decks for a long time. Like, I played, uh, I guess, Teamer Escape Shift when that was a big deal in Modern. 
And that was one of my all-time favorite modern decks ever. Yeah, this one has a lot of potential. For sure. Um, we'll Granted, move on some it does cost seven mana. I mean, but all of them. Yeah, that's just yeah, you got to get to it. But once you get to it, you're gonna it's gonna pay dividends for you. That one will win you. The- yep, they'll probably um, all win you the game, honestly, in one way or another. But yeah, go but, ahead and uh, what's this next one? Um, the next one's pretty brutal. Um, it is ruinous ultimate. So this is the Mardu one. So for two red, three white, and two black, sorcerer speed. You get to destroy all non-land permanents your opponents control. If there is if there's a card out there that just says win the game on it, this is it. That's pretty close to it, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty brutal. Um, I mean that one again, you don't really need to explain that one much more than the, the card just explains for you. Uh one sided board white, pretty good. I mean, we just talked about uh that one uh combination in commander with the white free spell where you could just make your make your uh creatures indestructible and then wrath the board. Yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, that, this just does it, but you just with one card. Yeah, don't need to set it up, really. Yeah, so I'm a okay with that. Um, there's another one. It is Splendid Ultimatum. Splendid Ultimatum is the Jeskai one. It is two blue, three red, two white. It is a sorcery, obviously, like all of them are. And it says target player gains five life. Splendid Ultimatum deals five damage to any target, and then you draw five cards. Uh, this one seems to be the worst. This one feels like the worst to me as well. Uh, draw five cards does kind of bring it back for me. The gaining five life and five damage is relatively weak for something of this mana. seven mana. Yeah, the five cards, it makes it playable, I guess, because five cards is nothing to scoff at. It costs seven mana. You're probably pretty low on Rio, so it might uh, just win you the game and sheer card advantage. Yeah, there's a good chance that that happens. Uh, like, it's going to be hard to crawl back from uh, just gaining five cards. But I even think with that, it is the weakest of this. Absolutely, I agree. Um, And I we also don't have the last one, so we don't know how powerful that could be. But as of now, I'm going to say Splendid Ultimatum is the worst of the group. Uh, No, that's all of them. There's not... There is a, a teamer one that we need. Oh, yeah, I guess so, huh? There, yes. There... And I'm presuming it will be uh, two red, two green, three blue. Yeah, that seems we'll, about we'll right. Be the, we'll be the casting cost for it. So, I mean, it does have three blue in the cost, so it's going to be a very blue card, hopefully. Because, like, the the Abzan one with the three black, bringing a bunch of stuff back is very black. Um, the Mardu one with the three white, just destroying permanence, that's a pretty white thing, just to wrath the board. Well, that Jeskai one isn't very blue, and the or isn't the, very red. No, and that's why I think honestly, I think that's why it's the weakest. I could see that one putting a creature into play, like a five-five creature. I don't know. There's a lot of options with that. I also hate that the Jeskai one. The white part of it is the worst part. Like, stop making white's identity gaining life. It sucks. Just stop it. Like, just do destroy creature or something. Exactly. But, I mean, these cards are be good. I'm excited to see the team or one. Yeah, those seem fun. So the next one we'll talk about is a uh, Matt favorite from the set so far. It is Quartzwood Crasher. So for two, two red and a green, you get a 6-6 six, six dinosaur beast. It has trample, and it says, whenever one or more creatures you control with trample deal combat damage to a player, 
create an XX green dinosaur beast creature token with trample where X is the amount of damage those creatures dealt to that player. This spirals rather quickly. This thing gets out of hand, yep. Uh, Under-costed by a lot. It's a 5-mana 6x trample alone. You don't see that very frequently. No, that's playable by itself. And then just the added bonus that if a trample creature deals damage, so say if you trample through for two, you just get a 2-2 trampler that can also trigger this thing's ability. Yeah, and I mean, typically in limited, unless you're going to be able to trade with a creature, you don't, you're not incentivized to block creatures with trample. Unless you're just going to die. Unless you're just dead, yeah. But with this guy attacking you, uh, you're probably going to be incentivized to throw things out of the bus to try to stay alive. So imagine turn five, you get this guy out. Turn six, you're attacking, and they just decide to eat six. You got another six, six trampler. Congrats. (laughs) Yeah, and you're just going to, it's just going to snowball from there. Oh, yeah. That's going to be bad news bears for your opponent. Yeah, this card's going to be first pickable a thousand times out of a thousand. Yeah, I don't know if he's my front runner for first pickable. I haven't really done that yet, but he up there. No, there are some definitely some crazy. Um, Yeah, well, of course there are. Well, here's another card that you uh, you actually reached out to me about earlier this week when it was first spoiled. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is a this is a this is a real card. It is Song of Creation. Oh, yeah. This thing is nuts. Just wild. Yep. It is one green, blue, red. So a four mana enchantment. It says you may play an additional land on each of your turns. And then whenever you cast a spell, you draw two cards. It also says at the beginning of your end step, you discard your hand. That's a pretty severe drawback. It is, but uh, the advantage coop off of this thing is just bananas. But yeah, the dividends that this thing pays in the meantime are pretty astounding. I thought this would be really stupid busted with flashback spells, uh, retrace spells, and the fixed flashback. I forget what it's called. Like you discard a card. Jumpstart. There we go. Jumpstart. Yep. Um, This can just put you off to the races. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Just imagine the one card that you said that I was like, yep, that's gross is Faithless. Yep. Draw four cards. Uh, card two cards. That seems fine. Sure. And uh, presumably the two cards that you're keeping out of that transaction are going to be more spells. Uh, you're going to go ahead and cast them and then draw more cards. I mean, even if you fizzle on a turn and then you draw uh, an additional land or something. I mean, it guarantees you more land drops. Yeah, it lets you hit your land drops. It just, it's an engine. It really is. Even It's so so efficient at what it wants to do. Yeah, even a lightning bolt, uh, for example, turns into two additional cards, which is, even if it's two lands, okay, you get two land drops, so there you go. Or you get a land drop and a spell or two spells, and I think it can snowball very quickly. Big time. Yeah, this can get out of hand. Like, this is a scary card. And there's, uh, I saw someone post this um, with Sundial the, Inf- Sundial the Infinite, which is yeah. just end the turn, uh, exile all things on the stack, so you don't discard your hand. Uh-huh. So that's pretty this, sick. Oh, that's yeah, a combination be, I didn't even think of. Yeah, it's going to be a Oh, a thousand percent. There seems to be a lot of commander cards in this set. Seems like it. These multicolored cards that do ridiculous things that um, aren't necessarily super cheap uh, tend to flourish in that format. Well, I mean, a card that fits that description almost perfectly. And you also mentioned earlier in the the episode, uh, cats are coming back in a big way. This card 
definitely cements that. It is uh, Kahira, the Orphan Guard. It is one and two hybrid green-white mana for a 3-2 legendary creature, Cat Beat. It has companion, so its companion cost is each creature card in your starting deck is a cat, elemental, nightmare, dinosaur, or beast card. It has vigilance, and it also says each other creature you control that's a cat, elemental, nightmare, dinosaur, or beast gets a plus one, plus one, and has vigilance. That's a lot this, of fucking creature types that it's this is word touching suit, with. Dude. Yeah. Cat, I'm, elemental, nightmare, dinosaur, or beast. Yeah. I mean, as most cards that have any kind of white tied to it, I was thinking, okay, what can I do with this card uh, in like a death and taxes thing? Um, the only really creature that I can deal with this or that can really deal with this is like the modern version where I'm playing like Leon and Relic Warder or Leon and Arbiter. And then uh, so that makes it a three, three with vigilance. Also, this guy makes Flicker Wisp a four, two flyer with vigilance. And I like that. Yeah, I was going to say that because the elemental part. But I do think this card is going to be absurd. And speaking of commander, the card right beside it. Yeah, that's another one for sure. I mean, just like the cat commander deck by itself, Kahira, because it has that absurd companion mechanic attached to it, that makes this card just so fucking gross. That that card, that uh, ability is just, I think that's going to end up being a mistake. I could not agree with you. I really am starting to not be a very good fan of very, very, very big fan of the companion mechanic. I don't like it. Yeah, it's just going to, it's going to make bad things happen. Yeah, I mean, like, it and just like gives you said. You, it gives you an extra card, basic hand, that can't yes. get uh, removed with discard or anything like that. I mean, it makes the traditional 100-card format a 101-card format, and that 101st card just happens to be permanently in your hand until you cast it. They might ban that in commander or like i would honestly be happy about it. i'd be very happy not that. a recognized ability or whatever yes. unless it's your commander that would be healthy that's a little format. different i could see that it, it basically is like commander this you have to meet these things yeah, so it's breaking it's breaking the rules of commander in my opinion yeah so if it's your commander cool it works but there's not really sideboard so you can't use it yeah that's how i would imagine that's going to occur I mean, I we can hope they've already stated that they're going to let this like let let the companion mechanic uh, go, but that could be something that they go back on, and I I think it might be. Yeah, it's we've talked about this ad nauseum at this point, just yeah offline. Well, another one, uh, like you just said, the one next to it in the spoilers that we're looking at with companion is uh, Gigantha, the Wild Spring or the Wellspring. Hey, fuckers! Elks are back. Elks, baby, tribal elks. Woo! <laughs> yeah, this card is uh, the real deal, too. It is four and a red-green hybrid for a legendary creature elk elemental. So if the elk wasn't enough, elemental's got to get you going. It is a 5-5. Five five. Its companion cost is no card in your starting deck has more than one of the same mana cost in its mana cost so no double blue no double green sure How that does that seem work? Too difficult how's that work with hybrid um judge <laughs> i have no idea i would I'm assume assuming that would not be allowed yeah since they are technically the same mana symbol exactly it would be the same with like uh dismember i would assume yep like you couldn't have 
uh, Kahira and Jagoth or Jagantha in the same deck with with Jagantha being your companion. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, um, this seems like a pretty good five color commander. Yeah, this card just has on it uh, tap add Wooberg to your mana pool. This mana can't be spent to pay generic mana cost. So you have to use the mana for its actual color. And uh, with shit like Fist of the Suns and uh, what's that thing from Dominaria? The Jeskai dude that is oh, Fist of uh, the Suns. Yeah, is it not Giora? I think that's what it is. No, that doesn't sound right. But it the, does the same thing. The it's one a, that you can cast cards for Wooberg instead yeah, of paying its, its mana cost. Fist of the Suns, but it's a 4-3 for one and a Jeskai. Yeah, you just pay... You pay Wooberg instead of paying the card's mana cost. Yeah. Can't think of its name, but that. Yeah, that card's uh something else. Yeah, it seems really fucking good. Yeah, that card's really powerful. <laughs> and like you said, this one doesn't necessarily have to be your companion. It could just be your commander. That it can be. And, and it does have like uh, the color identity thing of Wooberg, yeah. It has the Wooberg. Plus, so um, besides the, the thing for Modern Horizons, it's probably the easiest Wooberg commander to cast. You're probably right. Yeah, I think you're actually 100% right with that. Speaking of commander, here's another commander card that I was thinking is uh, pretty busted. Um, Canaan Bonder Prodigy. This card's pretty nuts. It is a green and a blue for a legendary creature, Human Druid. It's a 2-2. And whenever you tap a non-land permanent for mana, Add one mana of any type that permanent produces. This guy's just like the mana rock's best friend. Yeah, absolutely. Which in blue-green is pretty common. Yeah, I mean, just this this guy in Grim Monolith is just infinite mana. Yep, it like, is. Just turn three infinite mana. Infinite colorless mana, sure. But it's infinite mana. That's pretty gross. It's very gross. Yeah, I mean, very, and very also, it does have a it does have another ability, too. Which is five, a green and a blue. You look at the top five cards of your library. You may put a non-human creature from among them onto the battlefield. The rest go in the bottom of your library in a random order. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a real ability. That is a real fucking ability. And considering that this is making your soul ring tap for four, uh, it shouldn't be too hard to activate. No, that's what it's, you see it, it's like seven mana. Uh, you can also do this as many times. It's not a tap ability. Yeah, no, yeah, you can just like let it rip with this. I'm yeah, a big fan. This card's sick. Blue green cards tend to, or blue green decks tend to play big dumb idiot. So that is very true. You are not wrong. Um, and then your soul ring would tap for three, not four. Oh, is it just one additional mana? Yeah, add one mana of any type that permanent produced. Oh, I thought that doubled it. Though. No, I guess it doesn't. No, yeah, it's just. So if it would add, you'd have something that had red and like a signet, um, say gruel signet, it would either add red, red, green, or green, green, red. I mean, that's still really good. This yeah, card's it's still, still it's... free mana. It's a two drop commander too. Yeah, which I mean, historically those have been very powerful. Yeah, who would have thunk? Yeah, being able to <laughs> play right. your commander, being able to play your commander early. Well, let's move away from Commander World for a second. And let's talk about uh, maybe cards that are going to make some impact in some constructed form. Namely, we had a conversation about this. The Ozolith. It's the, uh, the one mana legendary artifact that says whenever a creature you control leaves the battlefield, if it had counters on it, put those counters on the Ozolith. At the beginning of combat on your turn, if the Ozolith has counters on it, you may 
move all counters from the Ozolith onto target group. So let me ask you a question. How does this work with Undying and Persist? Say my Persist creature has a minus one, minus one counter on it. It dies. It takes that minus one, minus one counter, right? Yes, but I believe that the card like that triggers when it dies. So it would die with the counter, so it would go to the graveyard. So it doesn't okay. make an infinite combo with that. That's what I was like. Is that just yeah. another piece to an infinite combo? Okay. No, I, I believe it checks when the creature dies, and when the creature leaves the battlefield, it has the counter. Because, like, I mean, even how this card states that when it leaves the battlefield, if it had the counter, that means that when that permanent does leave the battlefield, it does still have the counter. Have the counter. Yeah, that exactly. makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So I was in curious. That I case, just, that came to me off the, the top. But... Yeah. So, I mean, luckily, that is something that I think they worded it to plan around that. Um, yeah, because but making there are still a... plenty of opportunities for this card to be disgusting. Oh, yeah. You can do some nasty shit. Yeah. Like walking ballista. And this guy, best friend. Yep. Big time. Um, Hangerback Walker in this guy, best friend. Arcbound Ravager. Yep, Ravager's another good one. I genuinely think that this card, since uh, the dearly departed Mox Opal, this card might bring back in like an artifact-based deck in Modern. So you were telling me this before. I just don't think. I, I, I think there is a good chance that this might happen. Because just, like, think about this in conjunction with, uh, like, the artifact deck that was Hardened Scales. It's a one-mana artifact, which the one-mana makes a big difference in that deck. Um, and all of the creatures are just ge just generically producing counters on them with, like, the graft mechanic or, uh, like, Arc Brown, where it has just comes in with counters and stuff like that. Or Hangerback Walker, where it just exists coming in the battlefield with counters. Same thing with Ballista. Like, there are just so many counters bouncing around with that. You're producing a ton of them with Hardened Scales. And then there's just, like, no loss of resources if those things die. Or if you're sacrificing, they just get to put on Oz uh, this Ozolith. And then you just put them all on, like, a Hangerback Walker. Make a massive Hangerback Walker. Swing for the fences. And then just machine gun them down. See, I would view it as more protection. So if your Ravager has five counters on they go to kill it and you don't have any other creatures, it just saves those counters. That's I mean, how I view it. Yeah, it, it pulls double duty, though. Like, it can do both of the things that we just described. Like, it doesn't just have to be one. It can just it can be both. It just exists as both. I don't know. I'll, I'll have to wait. Um, it's definitely, it's an interesting ability. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of shit people are going to find to do with this. That's no doubt in my mind about that. Uh, time will tell with this one. And also, just think about all of the people who have just been waiting to have a reason to dust off their Arcbound Ravagers. I actually never even de-sleeved my affinity deck. Well, you might be in luck because you might just be able to take out those Mox Opals and just slide in these Ozilists and just have a perfectly playable deck. That's debatable, but we, like I said, we shall see. Um, I did see people posting stuff like being able to put counters on stuff anyways, uh, uh, specifically like Animating Fairy from Throne. You just put, oh. put counters on. It becomes a creature, but it doesn't lose its abilities. So that's so true. I didn't even think about that. Oh, that's sweet. Just a yeah, fun so little interaction for we you. We are going to see how this Ozilus shakes out. And this might I, be another a new pioneer thing in the 
Oh no, the is it the is it in Soul deck doesn't deal with counters. Never mind. I mean, but also who knows because this this deck could just spawn something new because it is just a very effective engine for what it wants to do. And it's one mana. And it's one mana. That's big. Generic, That's real big. Generic mana. And it deals with all the other funky counters that we're dealing with too, like. You get to throw flying counters and trample counters on this thing, too. Yeah, that's... It and it does say that. specifically that when it leaves the battlefield. So let's say yeah, you so put it's... an indestructible counter on something. Uh, you just get to swap that around. Yeah, and someone bounces it or whatever. You can still save that indestructible counter. This is kind of like a storage unit for your counter. Yeah, and who's to say that you don't utilize and abuse the text on the card that says when it leaves the battlefield? Yeah, absolutely. Like anything that blinks stuff, it does only deal with creatures. So that's thankfully it's not like loyalty counters and like that. Sure. Yeah, that would be busted. But there are uh, even creature lands that get uh, counters like Raging Ravine. Raging Ravine. Yeah, it gets plus one, plus one counters. Yeah, that can be switched around. It has to be a creature when it leaves, though, which is. I mean, even if you're just putting counters on Ozolith and then you just have Raging Ravine a creature when you enter combat, just throw some more on that bad boy and just get in. Yeah, or throw a fucking indestructible counter. Yeah, because that it doesn't retain, hurt. Because it retains those counters, so... It does. And an a lot of stuff you can do land. with this thing. Yeah, this, this... We're just even thinking just off the top of our heads, just degenerate shit. I'm sure other people will think of even more degenerate shit. Yeah, undoubtedly. Um, the next card I want to talk about, I think we have, th we have three more cards. We're on the home stretch. The next one I want to talk about is, uh, mark it down, this is my Death and Taxes card of the set. Oh, the fucking, this is not a Death and Taxes card, boy. Oh, it is. It also fits into a lot of other decks, but this is yeah. the Death and Taxes card of the set. This is the, probably, it, it is 100% the front runner, my favorite card of the set. It is Loris of the Dream Den. It is one and two white black hybrid mana for a 3-2 legendary creature cat nightmare. It has companion. Its companion is each permanent card in your starting deck has a converted mana has a yeah, has a converted mana cost of 2 or less. Note that is permanent, not spell. Yep, you can still play your force of wills or wrath of gods, whatever you, whatever tickles your, your fancy. Your of agony. Yep. Uh this creature has lifelink and it says, during each of your turns, you may cast one permanent spell with converted mana cost, two or less, from your graveyard. Oh boy. Oh boy. That seems pretty good. This card is nuts. Seems real good. Now, there are, there are a select group of people out there who are talking about this card being in Legacy. It's going to be in Vintage. Um, in Storm-style decks, where they're playing uh, very few permanents. And the permanents that they are playing are all very, very cheap, low-costed artifacts. Most of them zero mana, and most of them sacrifice themselves to produce mana. I'm talking about things like Lion's Eye Diamond, things like Lotus Petal, things like Black Lotus. Those are the cards I'm talking about. Yeah, what do you know about two Black Lotuses? Yeah, I mean, the first Black Lotus is probably casting this guy, if we're to be honest. Probably, yeah, but then you get to play it again. Yeah, this is just like... In your storm deck, this is your eighth card in hand that you just get to add a pretty much it's most a lot of times just gonna be a free one to the storm count. Yeah, and then to play your um, LED again, Legacy is what I'm thinking. Yeah, your Lion's Eye Diamond in Legacy for sure. Um, yeah, storm players are really excited about this. 
I am excited about this as a Death and Taxes player, not for the companion aspect of the deck, but just being able to play this card in the main deck opens up a whole new fucking world. Yeah, just being able to recur creatures and... Yeah, because I had, um, like, I posted about this, and I had a couple people reach out to me and say, hey, uh, what do you think about this card in uh, the tried and true Death and Taxes? And I was immediately like, yes, yes, and also... Yes. Yes. Because, yes. And... and I had um, specifically, I had a friend of the podcast, uh, Hobbs Q, also part of the part of another podcast, the Goblin Lore podcast. So shout out to them. Um, but when I posted about it, he followed up and said, um, "Do you want to play it as a companion, or do you want to play it in the main?" And in Legacy, at least, this card is a hundred percent going in the main because it's not ever going to be worth bringing the permanent mana cost of your deck down to two and below because your three mana spells are so impactful yeah like i'm always going to play the, the flicker wisps in the deck and i will never ever register this deck at least in current legacy i will never ever register death and taxes without sanctum prelate and recruit of the guard and probably mirror crusader at this point it is a flicker wisp Oh, Flicker Wisp is... I said Flicker Wisp, but that's... Oh, that's just a... That's an auto-include. Yeah, it's auto-include. Like, you can't not play Flicker Wisp. So, in Vintage, at least, this would go in the... I don't even think... You would really have to miss, like, a straight storm without Yogg Yogg Bargain or uh, Necropotence. Or Bolas to Citadel. Or Bolas, that's the outcome deck. Um, But yeah, there's a lot of things that are very, very powerful that it doesn't really matter that they're six mana. Yeah. And I don't think it would be worth to cut it from that. The one that it would be is like a, what's called like a, it's the old name of the deck is like win long or burn long where it's really just spell based. And then you have your mocks and and Lotus Yeah, and you rely on wheels and draw sevens. I think more recently they're calling it dark petition storm. Well, even that, uh, uh, DPS plays necro and, bargain doesn't it um not recently it's just been a uh, almost a exclusively spell based deck so and that one um that would this card get it. you that would just get you led and lotus i could i just thought uh this might not be bad in modern affinity there you go we're doing it hey bringing it back baby gonna happen but yeah you get the point <laughs> no i'm just excited to play this in the main deck or at least try it out in the main deck of death and taxes because not only do you just get to recast like your Stoneforge Mystic that they killed or your mom that they killed or your Thalia that they killed or your Phyrexian Revoker that they killed or something like that. Uh, just virtual card advantage. Yeah. You just also, you get to recruiter for this guy. Like this yeah, is a recruiter you were, target. You were very excited about that. Yeah. The fact that this isn't a 3-3, three, three, it's a 2-3 is huge. You mean a 3-2? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. If the fact that it's a it's a three two and not a three three, because if it was like a two three, that would make this card like unplayable in Death and Taxes. But because it has that special two toughness thing where you can recruit the god for it, it that makes the world of a difference. Yeah, you can play it as a one of if you really wanted to, and then go find it when you need it. Oh yeah, it's going to be a one of, and it's. <laughs> I don't think you're ever going to play multiple copies of it. Yeah, it doesn't seem. Uh worth it to play multiple yep it's just going to be a recruit of the guard target but it's going to be a good one it's going to be a fucking game-changing card i'm well yeah it'll let you for example say um i don't even know what the fuck is popular in legacy right now so i guess i can't really speak to legacy 
um, say you're behind the control deck, you pop this guy out, you play another mom, okay, do they kill that thing or do they kill the mom? Uh, most of the time, they just straight go for the mom before it's active. But yeah. this thing, if they kill the mom, guess what? It just gets back. You just play it again next turn. So it puts uh, some folks in between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, and the chances of them already expending a resource to get rid of the thing that I'm casting again means that this guy is already paying dividends. Yeah, paid for itself already. Yep. Like, so now you have to not only deal with this creature that I'm using to get something else back that you already removed, you also have to deal with a creature I'm getting back. Like, you spent all this time trying to kill my Thalia. Now I have a 3-2 lifelinker and that Thalia. Yeah. Yeah, that's that seems pretty fucking good. Pretty brutal. So I'm excited to get some, get my hands on uh, this bad boy and run it through its paces. Yeah, keep us updated because that sounds Gross. like that would be rather good, yeah. Yeah, it's going to feel also, real nice. Uh, these companion cards, they don't have to be your companion. They can also just go in your deck. Yeah, and that's exactly what I'm doing with this this little cat nightmare. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't, it doesn't need to be uh, the one sideboard card or whatever. It can exactly. You could, if you wanted to, you could play four of this bitch in your deck, be perfectly fine with its ability. Yeah, the end all be all does not have to be the companion cost. It could just be the fact that the card is just very good, and it can just be a part of your deck. Yeah, absolutely. You can have your cake and also eat it. You can have your kitty and it can fucking make your opponent's life a nightmare. Yes. Oh, I like how you did the, the creature type with that. That was very you nice. You like that? Yes, I loved that. You know what else I love? I love me a good octopus. What's, what's the octopus? The Sea Dasher octopus. I don't know if you saw this guy or not. Oh, the Flash. Uh, what's it? The ninjutsu dude. Oh, the uh, ninja deep shadow. Yeah, that's uh, the now octopus this, of Deep Shadow. This is the yeah, this is the octopus of Deep Sea. Better name, good deal. Good job. <laughs> yeah, uh, this guy's really good. He is a uh, a two two for one and two blue, but he has the lowly mutate cost of one and a blue. He has flash, and he says whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. Now you can just flash this guy onto an attacking creature that's already not been blocked and just draw a card very similar to the card that we were just referring to, the ninja. It's the exact same. Yes. Only instead of returning it to your hand, you it just, it. Yeah, just adds to the creature. Yeah. This might finally make uh, modern ornithop ninjas, ornithopter ninjas viable. I mean, also, isn't wasn't there people trying to jam that in Legacy for, or in Vintage for a while? Like 10 years ago, yeah. No, with the coming out of the new ninjas. The Modern Horizons ones. People were trying to jam that. Oh, in Legacy, at least. I think also in Vintage. Yeah, I was unaware of that. I don't think the deck is particularly, well, was particularly good, but this guy might help you out a little bit. Drawing cards is never a bad thing. The bad part about it is, at least in the context of that deck is, Mutate has to attach to a non-human. Which is fine. That's not really an issue. In other formats, like Vintage, that might be an issue, but... I it's mean, not I, a, a I just deal breaker or whatever. My thing is with all of the ninjas that previously exist, they're, they're all, humans. all humans. Fair. And that's awkward. Yeah. Yes, it is. But like, if you can find a way to make something work with this guy, uh, he's worth it. Is this card super busted? Absolutely not. Is it good? Yeah, for sure it is. 
I think it's better than people are going to initially think. No, it's two mana draw a card. And then if it gets through again, you continue to draw cards. Or is it when it deals damage or when it mutes? When it deals damage. Okay, that's what I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, throw this boy on a flyer. It's a two mana flash curiosity. And get after it. And also, if you like play a 1-1, one, one, and you can mutate this onto it and make it the top card, and it's, it's a 2-2. Two, two. Two. Yeah. That feels pretty good. Yeah, this is a solid early play. And you can also, like I said, just play it for its normal cost. Three, what is it? One blue, blue? One blue, blue, yeah. So you can just play it as a three drop two, two that if it hits, um, you get to draw a card. Well, I do like the world where you play the one, one, play, mutate this guy on as a two, two, and then just later on, mutate something bigger onto it. It still maintains this ability of being able to smack the shit out of somebody and get a card, except for it's just bigger. Yeah, there is the uh, that one drop that's colorless, that's an O2, but something mutates on it, put a 1-1 one, one counter on it. Oh, yeah. I could see that being a thing. I also saw on Twitter, too, somebody brought up the question of mutate triggering heroic from it Theros. targeting. It does target the creature. Isn't heroic non... I guess it doesn't specify, it's just when a spell targets it. Yep, and there are... Oddly enough, some heroic cards, like there's a one mana 04 with heroic that whenever you target it with something, it gets a counter. That one's not a human. That's in Popper, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's the, I think it's a centaur. That's not the one I'm thinking of. It's a, a white creature. Oh, the one that I'm thinking of is one white. I can't remember the title, the name of the card, but, but yeah, this, that card's really good. But we have one more thing to talk about before we get into the rest of the show. And it is the land cycle for this set. So I've been calling this for a very long fucking time. They finally did it. Um, they made it better than what I said. Yeah, they made it way better than any of us were thinking. Because my original thought was just just the three land types. They're fetchable, but it always comes into play tapped. And that's where mine stopped. They took they this to the to next level. Uh, so it does that. They are three color. They're the tri-land that... Um, are fetchable. They're uh, three of the basic land types, or whatever they are. Yeah, they're they're three of what they're they are whatever type that they can produce. So they do come into play tapped, and then on top of that, you can cycle them for three. Yeah. So all of these lands are three different land types, which is the first time we've ever seen anything like this. So like the the Mardu one is a mountain plains swamp. The Jeskai one is an island mountain plains. The Soltai one is a swamp forest island. Like, they have all of the types. Uh, they have all the types. So you can fetch the shit out of them. I'm sure uh, standard players are rejoicing that there are not fetch lands in standard. Yeah. Because they would be able to make a very uh, solid mana base for uh, even five-color decks. And I think these existing, too, um, is making it pretty certain that we're not going to see fetch lands in Zendikar. Well, we'll never see fetch lands in standard again, I think. Yeah, but I think this is the n nail on the car. That's possible, yeah. But the fact that these things have cycling three, like, can we talk yeah. about how disgustingly good that is? That is very good. Uh, they do come into play tap, so there is that downfall, but then... But I the beauty with fetch lands see... is you can do it end of turn, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, uh... It still puts you back a turn. I don't think these are going to be flooding modern. They might at first. I think they'll eventually be like a one or two of, maybe a three of. In three color decks, they might be a four of. I don't know. Well, imagine if, like, when, it's not an if, it's a when, when they complete this cycle and they do, like, a Jund one, 
you're never not going to see this in Jund, ever. No, because with Ren and Six, you cycle it, you get it back, you, it's the same thing. But you might, I don't know. Like, these cards are very good. If you're ever, if you're playing a deck with all of these colors, you these are an auto-include. Oh, you these are going to be play them. super popular in Standard. I think they're going to be popular in Modern. I don't think they're going to be as popular as you think. I think they will be uh, pretty popular, but it's going to be like the check lands or the fast lands. Um, you're going to see some of number of them, but I don't think four is an auto. No, I think these Outside, 100% usurp the fast lands. Maybe not the fast land. It depends what kind of deck. Let's start there. True. Let's start with that argument. True. A, like a Jeskai control deck, auto four. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Yeah. It's all your mana. You're still making your land drops. Uh, you can cycle them. Uh, a two-color, three-color aggressive deck? Probably not going to play it, just because there's not very many three-color aggressive decks. That's And that's my thing, too. Whenever you are playing a aggressive deck, especially in Modern, you are seldom playing three colors, just because you the mana consistency for the aggressive deck is so important. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. But, like, your example for Jund. I could see Jund playing two of these, for sure. That's all you really need. Um, yeah. On oh, turns where you don't have a first turn play, that's the perfect fetchable land. Yeah, I don't think I you're think ever going to see this as a four of in any decks. Outside in of modern. standard. Yeah, in modern. I agree. Uh, well, like I said, like if Jeskai Control becomes a deck again, for sure that's going to be a four of in that deck. Yeah. I mean, you need to have a very strong, like, base in two colors and then a pretty significant splash in the third color for you to play these cards. But if you're playing a true three color deck, you're never not leaving home without these. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think they're good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're not good. They're just not the end-all, be-all of revolutionizing mana bases for other formats other than standard. Oh, like, I think these are probably the best lands, like, new land cycle that we've seen in a very, very long time. Probably since Shocklands, yeah. They're, there's a real downfall. They do come into play tapped. We have to keep that in mind. I think if you can get the like these all look like they're selling for pre-order prices, so keep that in mind. Yeah. Of eighteen dollars and more, which I'm pretty sure they're going to print the shit out of this set. Commander, okay. these are going to be fucking all stuff. Well, can we let's let's agree on this because I think this is a statement that you can agree on before we move on. Um, can you agree that these are behind the Shockland, the number two best modern legal fetchable land? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there, is there are those other where their spot is. Um, the ones that count for basics, I think. What do you mean? There's a there are other fetchable lands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the like prairie stream and stuff like that. Like there yeah, are other ones, lands yeah. with the land types. Yeah, I think these ones. These are the second best behind Shockland. Like and I, I said, think... though, oftentimes we're not going to see four of. Well, you don't yeah, even see four of of Shockland. We don't see four of Shockland. Yeah. Nope, they're definitely good. I like them a yeah, lot. These are nuts. They're these are very super neat. Um. The extended arts were pretty dope looking. Uh, you what's your what's your favorite art thus far from the extendeds of the regular? The regular ones, I am. Well, I, I honestly, uh, the regular ones, I think it's a landslide. The Jeskai one's my favorite. Absolutely, yep. With the beach theme, yeah, it's a little bit closer with the extended art. Yeah, the extended arts are pretty dope. The only one that is like eh, is the Zagath Trium, the Saltai one. Oh, see, I love that one. I love the shading, and then it's, like, bright in the back. I think that's very soul tie of it. I like the... My two favorite are the... Oh, no, that one. Oh, no, the Rugrin Trium. Rugrin Trium. And the Ketria one. 
Yes, the Sultai one is the Sultai one. I think is really good, which you obviously you said you don't like. Um, I really dig the uh, Teamer one. I don't like the regular Sultai one. I like the extended art one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's fine. I mean, I think all of the extended art ones are. Oh yeah, those all look They're incredible. So yeah, the the worst one in my opinion is the Indetha. 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 Yeah. But other, it's still pretty dope. I guess we're going to refer to these as a triumph cycle, right? Uh, that makes sense. Until these... they come out with the other ones and they're not called triumphs. No, fuck that. They better call them triumphs. They're never going to do it. They're, there's no way they're going to make it that easy for us. Do these just automatically replace the other triumphs? Oh, yeah. In every way, shape, and form. I mean, yeah, except I for in budget constraint, I guess. Because these are going to be a gazillion. The four ones? No, I think the regular ones are going to be a gazillion dollars, at least in context. Well, yeah, in comparison to two dollars twenty. Yep. Yeah, these are pretty sweet. Like these a lot. Yeah, they're phenomenal. Uh, uh, probably the best thing from this, in my opinion. Um, Nightmare Kitty is obviously number one, but these are these are a second, a distant second, but a second nonetheless. This makes mana fixing so easy. Yeah, it really does. They're fetchable, dude. They are super fetch. Fucking Christ. Uh, it does turn on things like choke a lot fucking easier, but <laughs> I love that. That's where you took it. Yeah, boil. How about this? Yeah. Three of these get hit by boil. And choke. Love that. Got it. There's always got to be a negative. Got to neg them. Well, Matt, let's go from your your negative comment to maybe something a little bit more positive. Like I'm a listening. little bit of Matthew story time. A little bit of spice with, with Chef Matt. Yeah, so it's been a week. We haven't had one. So you folks who were listening last week, I told you I was going to give you a little bit of story time and. Uh, that was a little hint to an old school deck referred to as story time. It was. I didn't know that there was any innuendo until you, after the episode, when you told me there was the innuendo. Yeah. So uh, this deck is called story time. It can be built a lot of different ways. It has to be uh, white, though, for the card Shahrazad. Shahrazad. So, yeah, that. This deck, what this card does is you start a sub game. So you take everything, your hand, all the permanents in play, put them aside. Each player draws seven and you start a new game. And the winner of that game or the loser of that game loses half of their life in the first game. So ultimately what you try to do is turn this card, it's white, white sorcery into a burn spell. A burn spell that just says you lose half your life. Yes. So you can do 10 damage. Uh, you can do a little bit more if they gain life, which, whatever. But there's four Sharazad, four Disenchant, uh, three Swords of Plowshares, um, four Serende Befreet, so I will explain that one. It is originally from Arabia Nights. It's two and a blue for a 3-4 flyer. And at the beginning of your upkeep, it deals one damage to you. Four Savannah Lions, which is a white for a 2-1. Four Lightning Bolts. Four Chain Lights, which is one red, deal three damage to... Uh, target creature or player it's a sorcery and then that player may pay red red and copy it um psionic blast that's two and a blue deals four damage to a target and two damage to you uh three strip mines one library of alexander which taps for a colorless and if you have exactly seven cards in your hand you may tap it to draw a card hey that one's familiar from last week yes yes it is uh one soul ring uh one mock sapphire with zero mana artifacts taps for blue uh, Mox Ruby, same thing, taps for red. Mox Pearl, same thing, taps for white. Black Lotus. Uh, Chaos Orb, which is a two-mana artifact. 
that you may pay one and then you flip it from at least a height of one foot. It has to do a complete 360 at least. And whatever, if it touches that permanent that you targeted, it is destroyed, which is fucking great. Yep. Gotta love me a good chaos orb flip. Yep. Uh, One balance, one wheel of fortune, one time twister, one time walk, one ancestral recall, four volcanic islands, uh, four plateaus, four tundras, and three Mishra's factories. Uh, Mishra's factory is a land uh, taps for colorless, or you can pay one and turn it into a two-two uh, con- construct, I believe. Yeah. And artifact creature construct. Yeah, it also has the ability that you can tap it to give another construct plus one plus one to under turn. Uh, so it attacks as a two-two, or it can block as a three-three and pump other factors or constructs. This deck is so sad. Yes, essentially, so, it is just like a, it's a just aggressive, aggressive deck, deck that yeah. is just going to kill you by winning sub games with Shaharazar. Yep, and I've seen games go like three sub games deep, which is hilarious. I love that. And once that sub game finishes, uh, you just shuffle that back into your deck. And then just and, go back into it. And then continue from the first game. Yep. Uh, the sideboard consists of uh, three red elemental blasts, counter target blue spell, or destroy target blue permanent. Three blue elemental ba- blasts is the same thing, but for red spells. One circle of protection red, uh, which you can pay a white and prevent, or pay a colorless and prevent uh, red damage. Uh, greater something of presence, greater realm of presence, uh, prevent all damage from artifacts, I believe. I'm not positive on that one. I think one. that's correct. Uh, karma, which swamp and play, karma deals one damage to the owner of that swamp during their upkeep. I believe that is white, white. Could An enchantment be wrong. for white, white, yep. Uh, dust to Dust, which uh, exiles two target artifacts from the game. Uh, the fourth Swords to Plowshares in the sideboard. And then three uh, Black Vice is if an opponent controls more than four cards in their hand during their upkeep, they take one damage per card over so yeah. five cards. You deal one, seven cards, you would uh, deal three. So this week's Spice Corner is a little fan service to the old school crowd. Yes, which I've been into for a while now, currently building a different deck. But this one I always thought was hilarious because Shahar really Shahar is odd. And you're just burning, you play cheaply aggressive creatures. Uh, and you really, the ultimate goal is to play Sharzad as early as you can and then kill them in the second game very fast, nug them for 10. And then you have an aggressive deck and they're at 10 light. Yep, that seems really good. And I, I guess the idea behind it being an aggressive deck is something that even people who don't play old school can get behind. But this is a cool window into, if you're not familiar with how old school works, um, this seems like something that you can get the idea of an aggressive deck. All you have to do is just Google the card Jaharazad and then look up the cards that Matt has just spoken about. And that really grants you a window into how wild the world of old. Oh, yeah, it's uncharted. Well, it's not uncharted territory. It's probably the most charted territory, but it's still super fun. Yeah, oh yeah. Old school is something else. And I love that little bit of throwback. I, I feel like a lot of our listeners probably aren't familiar with old school. So g- at least opening the door, shining some light on it. Never a bad also, thing. Also, I must admit, uh, the decks are absolutely gorgeous uh, because they're all older cards. Um, there's a lot of signed cards, uh, altered cards. Altered cards is a big thing in old school, yeah. Uh, you will see a lot of beta and alpha cards as well. The old school crowd are ballers yes this deck it has uh all beta power 
It looks completely beta outside of the swords. Um, the dual lands, there is a beta tundra, it looks like. Um, and Or the possible versions, such as Arabian Nights or Antiquity. Yeah. The, this deck is sweet. Big fan. This is a road. That was a good spice. little spice corner with Chef Matt. And I had a little in, innuendo that led to this week. That was the yeah. most fun part. Yeah, you liked, you liked the little... Uh cliffhanger that you left on last week's episode so that's uh my spice of the week this one is a spicy brew yeah i'm gonna need a glass of water after that one that one's pretty spicy yeah. you know what else is gonna be pretty spicy matt what's that our selections for this week's top five i actually did do that you did i did good well before we dive in i guess we should say what our top five is going to be considering that we have a completion of a cycle in the ultimatum cycle we thought it would be cool to maybe dive into our favorite cycles of all time. Our top and five cycles. Our top five cycles of all time, yes. Um, we did exclude any land cycles from this because when me and Matt were originally discussing it, we automatically were just like, oh, dual lands will be up there. Fetch lands will be up there. Shock lands will be up there. Uh, and that's boring. So these are our top five favorite non-land cycle cycles of all time. Do you have shout outs? I do have some honorable mentions. That's the word. I could think of that to save my you life. Nailed. Don't worry, I got your back. My honorable mentions, I have three. I have the Endling. Mm. So it's a good like, one. Brightling, Aetherling, cards like that. Morphling, um, I, the OG. Morphling, yep. Thornling. All um, from that. different throughout different sets, too. Those were yeah. all printed in one set. It took like, what, like 15 years for them to complete that cycle? Probably a little longer than that. Morphling yeah, probably was a little what? bit. Because originally it was like Torchling and Thornling, and then the last one came in Modern Horizon. Yeah. The black one. And I do love me some Brightling. Big fan of Brightling. Shocking. Uh, my next honorable mention is the Muse cycle. So like Seaborn Muse, uh, all of the ones in that cycle are very good. Seaborn Muse is, I think, the most powerful one. There's also the white one, Windborn Muse. Uh, Lavaborn Muse is the red one, which is not particularly good. Um, but I really like all these. First of all, they're all spirit, which is obviously something I'm very into. Um, and Did not know them, that. Yeah, they're all spirits. And all of them do the thing that they want to do pretty effectively. And my third shout out uh, for the honorable mentions is the entirety of Kamogawa block. <laughs> I hate you. Because there are a shitload of cycles in Kamigawa. That there are. Like the the Honden cycle, the legendary enchantment shrines. There's a cycle of those. There's the cycle of the flip creatures that started as a creature and then flip into a legendary enchantment. And there's also the dragon spirits. So like uh, Yosai. Koshku. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kokosho. Uh, Yega, like all of those dragons are so fun. So those are good, my honorable, uh, mentions. Good honorable mentions. Thanks. Do you have any honorable uh, mentions for us? I do. Believe it or not, I only have two. Huh. So uh, the pack cycle. Pact That's of negation, pact of the red one. Like slaughter pact, summoner's yeah. pact. So you pay for, cast them for free. They have a zero mana cost. And then during your upkeep, you pay or you lose the game. That's a good one. Yeah, those are... Uh, some neat ones those were kind of the first things of that nature that um it is a free spell but it is delayed that you have to pay for it that is true it's the next upkeep and then probably my favorite not the best but 
one of my favorites are oh, the I, Elder... oh, I, I did mine off of favorites i don't give a shit uh, about it's good yes these are some of my favorites too in my top five um the elder dragons from legend oh like nickel the original nickel bolus chrome oh geez like yeah that. pretty fucking terrible no they're, they're not good super flavorful and fun uh, you guys can look those up. I'm not reading all of them because that's a nightmare. Sorry well, if mean, you if hear you, the. If you're familiar with the characters too, um, we recently had the revisiting of those. Um, from what was it? Not Origins. It was the last corset, the corset 2020. Yeah. Sorry if you hear the chainsaw, which is known as Ollie snoring. Oh, I hear him. Yeah, he's going to town. He's guest star. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're super flavorful, super fun. Uh. The OG biggest baddest creatures on the block. Oh yeah, like original Nokobolus was terrifying. Oh yeah, uh, seven seven flyer that if he deals damage, your opponent discards their hand. Yep, game over. Um, so I think you started with your. Who started last week with their with their oh, number I have five? No idea. I mean, I can jump in with my number five. Yeah, go for it. You go with your number five. My number five cycle is the original Planeswalker. Okay. Those yeah. Are... So. I like that a lot. Those are fair and fun planeswalkers like Jace Bellerin, Johnny Goldmane, Chandra Nalar, uh, Liliana Vess. And Garrick Wildspeaker. Gar- yeah, it was Garrick Wildspeaker. Yeah, these were the very first planeswalkers ever printed in Magic. They were printed in Lorowin, and they all came out in their own cycle. So there was one for each color. Like you said, they, this is our first introduction to Jace, Lily, Chandra, Ajani, Garrick. And this, like, this changed Magic for ever yeah uh, we now have ridiculously ridiculous planeswalkers yeah so if you hate playing against narset and teferi as much as i do you have lorwin to blame and you have these five idiots to blame for all of your misery well those ones were way more fair <laughs> oh 100 percent. way more fair. yeah like it's these these planeswalkers would be considered unplayable to today's planeswalkers uh garuk wildspeaker is still one of my favorites i love yeah, the he's art really on good. that card uh, so you can untap plus one is untap two lands minus two is make a three, three beast with trample. And I want to say minus five is overrun. It's minus four and it is overrun. Exactly. Minus four overrun comes in at three. And he's a starting loyalty of three for a two and two green planeswalker. Am I good or what? Uh, yeah, you got most of the way there. All right. So what's your number five? New, uh, new force cycle, actually. The new forces. Ooh. The new forces. I like that. Um, the old forces or blah, 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 blah. the old force cycle uh, was a dead giveaway. I didn't want to go with that. It's not even on my top five. I mean, um, yeah, fuck the old forces too. There's only one playable one. Very true. Um, so the new force cycle uh, from Modern Horizon, um, not nearly as powerful, uh, still pretty powerful, but it's no force of will. The best one is obviously force of negation. Followed up by the Force, which destroying artifacts is still pretty good. Yes. Force of Vigor, right? Yes. So um, following that up, I have OG Command Cycle. So Cryptic Command, Austere Command, Incendiary Command, Primal Command, and Profane Command. Yeah, the commands are so sick. The most notable is probably Cryptic Command, just from constructive playability. But all the other ones are hyper playable in their own right in all commander. in like commander for sure and cube even some of them are a lot i know I mean, austere and austere command is insane yeah 
Uh, that was one of the first times we really got a modal card like that. That was those were also Lorwyn. Yeah, shout out to Lorwyn for the cycles. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're just super fun. They still see play uh, today. So, what was your number four? My number four turns out not from Lorwyn. My number four is the Praetor cycle. Ooh. So Elishnorn, Jingataxis, uh, Shieldred, Vorinclex, and Urborask. These are the big baddies from uh, New Phyrexia block. These creatures are so sick. Yeah, very high costed, but little game winning effects. And all of these cards, in my opinion, kind of really, because these were the bad guys. But, like, it's not often that you get bad guys in multiple colors. Like, a white bad guy, you never see. But they all do the bad guy thing in, like, a very authentic way to, like, how the cards are designed and how the colors designed. Like, Elish Norn giving your team plus two, plus two, and your opponent's team minus two, minus two, is the most perfect white thing it could ever do. Yeah. Jenga tax is uh, making your opponent's hand nothing because it doesn't draw your cards. Zero. But it is uh, a very, very brutal blue card. Um, Children's. Yeah, just every every turn reanimate for free. Yeah. Foreign Clocks might be my least favorite commander card to ever play against. Yeah, you don't get to untap your lands. No, and the worst part about it is if you have a double mind against Foreign Clocks in. Uh, on Magic Online, Vorinclux gives the permanence that ability, so it triggers, it makes a trigger for each thing. Whenever oh, that's can. a nightmare. It's brutal. It's so shitty. Yeah, so fuck Vorinclux, but this cycle is a master. So Matt, what's your number four? I already gave you my number four. Oh, did you? So is it, oh yeah, you're right, you did. Dirt, dirt, dirt. Sorry, dude. Um, So we're, it's, we're going to my number three. Correct. My number three Shout out to one of my favorite sets of all time. My number three is the original five gods of Thera. Oh, okay. Yes, I love. So we're talking about Heliod, Thassa, Eberos, Perforos, and Nylia. The original gods, which all of them were enchantments, but they could also be creatures. And this was such a unique thing when they came out. Like, like when I first saw like Nylia, god of the hunt, I was like, wait. So it's an enchantment. But if you have a bunch of green mana symbols, it isn't. Yeah, if you have enough devotion, then it turns on. Yeah, like all you have to do is have pips to get it. And like Perforos is a absolute house. This card's insane. Oh, yeah. Card's a win condition in the water. Especially in Commander. These cards are very good. But I can remember seeing these cards and just being like, oh, wow. They really crushed the concept of like what a god in Magic would look like and function as. These cards are just flavor home runs absolutely they are and they paved the way for like all of the other really really wild gods like everybody i'm crufix one of my favorite cards of all time i built a commander deck around him it's my favorite commander deck and then like atheros is a wild absolutely disgusting card um kranos the is it one i've constructed most times oh yeah it's kranos kranos is the guy from god of war yeah kranos is the god from the different god but yeah I mean, all these gods are just... That's the good one. I thought of one that um, I would like to add to my honorable, honorable mentions. mentions. Uh, the Bringer Cycle from Fifth Dawn. Ooh. They're terrible. Not good. They're fun, yeah. But you like them. Yeah, you can go look them up if you want to. I'm not explaining them. <laughs> all right, dude. Uh, we're at your number three, right? My number three, yes. So my number three are the uh, Titans. Oh. I have... Jesus, Ollie. What are you doing? <laughs> God, learn to breathe, man. 
Yeah, the Titans. I have played all of these a constructed format, except Frost Titan, because it is absolute trash. It's good in cube. Uh, uh, so we have Inferno Titan, uh, which is the red one, Frost Titan, uh, Grave Titan, which is probably one of the best cards in the cube. Yeah, all the Titans are named. Yeah, Primeval Titan, which is a modern rock star. Yep, Primetime is, is Bad News Bears. And wrapping it up with uh, Sun Titan. Gotta love me a Sun Titan. Yeah, they're they're real good. I should have put these in my honorable mansion. I'm surprised you didn't. Because it's definitely not my top five, but these are really good. And I do have a big soft spot for Sun Titan. I think my hatred for Primeval Titan pushed them out of the honorable mentions. I think all of the other ones get a bad rap because of how much I hate Primetime. Yeah, he's obviously the most degenerate one. Oh, yeah, he's a piece of shit. Well, how uh, about your Sun- number two, Matt? What you got my- for that? Okay, this one is, uh, it was an incomplete cycle and then completed it finally. Um, this is the one mana tutor cycle. Ooh. So vampiric tutor, mystical tutor, enlightened tutor, worldly, and, uh, wrapped up with fucking, they gotta love gamble. They printed four of them and then didn't print gamble for many, many sets after it. No gamble, no future. Yeah. So vamp gets any card. They all get a card and put it on top of your library, except gamble, which puts it in your hand and then you discard a game. Uh, discard a card because like you said no gamble no future um, but vamp uh, is the black one gets any card lose two mystical tutor gets an instant or sorcery puts it on top enlightened gets an artifact or enchantment puts it on top worldly tutor gets a creature and puts it on top and gamble gets anything but then like i said you discard a card for me yeah that's a good one I hate tutors but like gotta pay respect yeah they're they're all very very powerful uh, the least played one, unfortunately, is Worldly Tutor, and it's probably my favorite. Really? I didn't expect yeah. that. Yeah, I love that one. I used to, I had an old Elves deck that ran four of them. I still have them, actually. That's They're so like sick. 30 bucks now, so I'll never get rid of them just because of just nostalgia. Just nostalgia factor. Yeah. I totally get that. So uh, what is your number two? Well, my number two was actually in your top five. My number two is the command cycle. Fair. The OG command cycle or just... The- OG commands. Yeah, so, buddy. Yeah, like you said, cr- like cryptic, austere, primal, incendiary, profane. Uh, yep, that uh, I'm not surprised for fun. Cryptic I've cast command a shitload so of cryptic commands in my day, and I've also cast a shitload of austere in my day. I don't think I've actually ever cast that one. Austere command? Yeah. I have cast austere command so many fucking times. I love just like playing a shitty white deck with all like small creatures. And then just like, I'm going to blow up all your artifacts and I'm going to blow up all of your big creatures and then just swing for the fences. Checks out. Yeah, I love the commands. And I've cast these a bunch and all of them are just so cool. And they do such a good job at displaying like the strengths of the colors. That, yeah, I would I would agree with you. Except in Senior Command. Senior Command is a piece of shit. Like It's the worst one. But it is very red. It's very red. Um, what did you wrap up with as your numero uno for the My commands? number one or, is actually yeah, for, the, for the cycle. My number one is actually an incomplete cycle. It is the swords of magic. I thought they wrapped that up in horizon. No, we are still missing three of them. Oh yeah. So the swords, for those of you who are not familiar with, I'm referring to the three man artifacts that equip for two, that give you protection from two color. So things like sort of fire and ice, they give you pro Blue and pro red. 
uh, sword of light and shadow, which gives you pro black and pro white uh, body and mind, which is pro blue and pro green. The original cycle was fire and ice, feast and famine, body and mind, war and peace, and light and shadow. War and peace giving you protection from red light. Um, these cards are just so fucking awesome. All of them so are so powerful, good. so powerful, and only made better by. Well, they're really, really made good by uh, Stoneforge Mystic. Stoneforge Mystic, that's it. Yeah, I mean, out of all of the cards of any cycle, I have put onto the battlefield. I wouldn't say cast because I hardly cast, but I put onto the battlefield more times than any other one. Sort of fire. I was trying to guess what your number one cycle would be, and I couldn't actually uh, nail it down. I mean, I did kind of pseudo cheat with it not being a complete cycle yet. That's fine. But I love the swords, man. And then we recently got like Sword of Truth and Justice and Sword of Sinnoh and Steel, which is the uh, Rakdos and Azorius one. We are missing Sword of Green and White. Uh, We are missing Sword of Blue and Black. Black? Yes, Blue and Black. And we are missing Sword of... Red and Green. Red and Green? Yes. That's actually what they're going to be called. Yeah. I don't know exactly what the names of the card are, but I can almost guarantee you that's exactly what they're going to (laughs) be. Still a cycle, even though it's not complete. It is still a cycle. And I have spent many nights fantasizing about what the completed cycle is going to be. I feel bad for you. You need a better hobby, bud. Listen, I love the swords, man. Just anything that can help my sweet, sweet Stoneforge Mystic get more equipment... I'm 100% a fair. All right. Uh, since I know that I still have one to go, I'm going to make you a deal. If you can guess what my number one is, I will give you an extra hint in the game. To- I want to say that your top one isn't the boon cycle, but I don't know what it would be besides that. What do you mean the boon cycle? Like the original cycle, like lightning bolt, healing salve, giant growth, uh, ancestral recall, and dark ritual. Is that your guess? Uh, I want to say yes, but I don't think that's right. I don't know what it could possibly be, though. Yeah, sure, that's going to be my guess. Son of a bitch! Did I nail it? Yeah, you got it. Yes, the boons! So, <laughs> I nailed so, it! Yep, it's the what I like to affectionately refer to as the three-for-one cycle. Um, they're all one mana and a three of something. So Ancestral Recall, blue, you draw three cards. Giant Growth is a green, plus three, plus three to a creature. Lightning Bolt, a red, three damage to a target. Dark Ritual, um, a black, and you get three black mana. And probably the best one, Healing Self, which is a white, and you (laughs) uh, you. gain three life or prevent three damage to something. I did not think you were going to get that. I nailed it. I honestly thought you were going to say the Mox. Do I know you or do I know you? You fucking know me. I'll give you that one. I crushed it. God damn it. Now I have to give another hint. Son of a bitch. Oh, this feels so good. And there's no way I'm getting everything right. I'm totally going to blow it. And I did not mention that to you at all. No, you really didn't. I just know you. Like, flies on shit, dude. I got you. I got your fucking number. I should have said, if you get it right, you get an extra hand. But if you get it wrong, I think that would have put the pressure on. Oh, and I probably just would have not taken the, the, the money there, but... Fair. God damn it. What was said was said, and it's, now I yeah. get a hint. Going get into our hint. game. You get an extra hint. I'll give it to you. I'm man <laughs> Let's of my move word. on to the game so I can blow this fucking hint. <laughs> and the game yeah. we're referring to, ladies and gentlemen, is called Accumulated Knowledge. So for those of you who don't know, every week we play a little game at the end of the episode... Uh, The game entails one of us going to the Scryfall website 
and hitting the random card generating button. Whatever card comes up, one of us asks the other the name of the card. The other one has to give the mana cost of the card. If they get it right, they get a point. And in this case, if I get it wrong, then I will never get a completion of the sword cycle. So, Matt, are you ready? I am ready. Are you ready? With my first card. I mean, first... I, get, I get four hints, right? I get three hints. No, I get an extra one. Oh, you always do get three, you fucking cheater. Yeah, so I get four. This is, I'm free rolling this one, baby. We're good. All right. Uh, your first one is Rage Weaver. Rage Weaver. This sounds like a Rakdos card. I don't think I've ever heard of a more Rakdos card in my entire life. Uh, but I also don't know what it is. So I could be totally wrong. Um. Oh, shit. Should I use one of my four hints? Do you want to fucking burn one, I guess? Oh, well, I don't think I do because you just said burn one, which means there's no chance I'm getting it. <laughs> oh, this is probably like a stupid old card that like does something dumb. Um, Rage Weaver is a black and a red. Is that your final answer? Yes. Wrong. All right, we're, we're doing it. This is one and a red for a 2-1 human wizard. For a two colorless target black or green creature gains haste until end of turn. Because of course it does. This is most recently what printed. What is this from? Most recently in 10th edition, originally in Invasion. Great. Awesome. What was this, like a fucking mythic rare? Even though they didn't have mythic rares? Uncommon. Beautiful. This you card is shit. You whiner. Okay, this is... I'm fine with giving you this one. Kolagon's command. <laughs> you motherfucker. Oh, no. It is one, a black, and a red. It is. Oh, it's one of my, it's my number one most hated card. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, this is, this card just fucking ruins every deck that Tyler has ever played ever. Yeah, here, let me, uh, let me read you what Colgan's Command does. It is one black and a red, it's instant speed, and it says, destroy target Tyler. Correct. Well, you can, it actually says choose two. Uh, destroy target Tyler, or destroy target Tyler, or destroy target Tyler, and then the, third, the fourth one is destroy target Tyler. So you get to choose yes. two of those. So the actual ones are return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand, target player discards a card, destroy target artifact, or it deals two damage to target creature or player. Oh, fuck off, Coligan's Command. God damn it. That's that's the only win I need today. Yeah, well, that feels like a loss for me, even though I got it. <laughs> so, God damn. God damn, how many lands can I get in a row? At least one more. All right. Uh, your next one is Tidings. Tidings, eh? Tidings. No, just Tidings, not Tidings, eh? Oh, well, that clears it out for me. Um, I mean, it sounds like an enchantment, right? Would you like to use a hint? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think I do. What would you like to know? What does this card do? Draw four cards. That's it. Oh, God. This has to be from, like, a commander set. Or, like, some obscure, like, weird set that wasn't, like, a limited set. Or if it was a limited set, it was, like, something stupid. Draw four cards? Draw four cards, buddy. Well, typically, if you're drawing, like, two cards, it's gonna be, like, three mana. So it's gotta be, like, four... Or it's gotta be, like, five or six mana, right? Would you like to use another hint? Yeah, what's the mana cost? It's not zero. Oh, cool. That's surprising that it's not zero mana draw four cards. It has no drawback. That's literally the only text on it, besides flavor text. I'm assuming this thing. Would you like to use another hint? No, I don't. I'm going to say five mana. It's going to be three and two. Is that your final answer? That is my final answer. 
Um, that is correct. Um, I was also going to be a dick, and if you ask me for the flavor text as a hint, this is actually the Magic Player Rewards for 2008, and it doesn't have any flavor text or any text on it besides tidings. Really? Really. Oh, that's so obnoxious. What set is it actually from? Uh, originally, it is for Starter 1999. Love that. So is um, it? So it wasn't in the Commander set? Uh, most recently, 2018 Commander. Okay, okay. It feels like it would be a Commander card. It's also in 9th and 10th edition. Oh, I feel like I should have known that one. You got that one right. You friggin' turd. I don't know how. I mean, that's just like a lucky guess. You would probably get Mountain. Yeah, it's, that's, a, that's pretty easy. Everybody loves Mountain. I think you uh, know this one. Uh, Fable of Wolf and Owl. Fable of Wolf and Owl, eh? Is this the hybrid card? I played this like in my commander. I mean, can you even give me that hint if I use it? I mean, it's a question. It's not asking the mana cost. I think if this is the card that I'm thinking of, it's the one that um, it's the one that makes wolves and birds. Because I played it in the in my crucifix. If it's the card that I'm thinking of, it's six mana. It's like three and then three blue green hybrid man. Why don't you give me? Yeah, is it, here's my here, I need this is the hint I'm gonna ask for. Does it have hybrid mana in the mana cost? Yes. Okay, so it is. It's three and three simic hybrid mana. Correct. And it makes. Yeah. What is, it's an enchantment that makes like if whenever you cast a green creature it makes a two two wolf and whenever you cast a blue creature it makes a one one bird close it's uh just a spell it doesn't have to be a creature ah yeah yeah but this card so, yeah. was in my was in uh crucifix for a while and then i realized yeah. this card's it not sucks. very good it just increases yeah, terrible to yeah exactly uh yeah that's exactly what, uh, an enchantment uh whenever you play a green spell put a two two green wolf or you play a blue spell put a one one bird in. i'll tell you what this card is really good at increasing devotion but it's really bad at everything else. Very bad at everything. <laughs> do you want to go for your fifth final one? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, I do. I still got, what, two hints? You have two hints, yes. Oh, I'm going to use both of them on this guy. I think you might need it. This is Gluttonous Cyclops. I think this is a Theros card. Um, my first hint, is it red? Yes. My second hint, what does it do? Five red, red, monstrosity. Yep, this is from original uh, Theros. Or not, well, it's from the original Theros block. Um, it is five and a red. I believe it is not from original Theros. It is from Born of the Gods. Would you like to use another hint? I don't have another hint. Oh, no, you don't. You could have got me there. But it's five and a red. Uh, is that your final hint? Yes, it is. That is correct, unfortunate. Because I remember the art from it. It's like eating a handful of sheep. Yes, I figured you'd get this because that's you love that block. I do love that fucking block. Unfucking known reason. It's from uh, Born of the Gods, isn't it? Journey into... Fuck. You fucked up, bro. I got so close. But, like, isn't the art just, like, the grossest shit you've ever seen? Yeah, that and it's a Cyclops, which uh, kind of narrows it down. Uh, yeah, it's a big-ass, fat, jacked Cyclops eating a bunch of sheep, and then it has the farmer in the other hand. My favorite part about this limited format was... I don't, rem I don't remember what set it was in, but the removable spell that was one black... Minus one, minus one to a creature or destroy target Cyclops. Is that a real card? Yep. That sounds terrible. It's not good, but you would always end up with one of them if you were in black. And then just the very few times in the world where you faced up against one of these big idiots and you're just like, shit. And you're like, wait, sideboard. 
put it in and then just get them good. Oh, what Squad's terrible. Oh, it's not very good, but there are a bunch of really good Cyclops. There are no good Cyclops. I will die on that sword. So you win, even though you had four hints. Surprising. Don't try to just. Oh, I'm going to downplay the win. shit out of it. I'll demean it, and there's an asterisk. There's an asterisk because I totally just. I know you, and I could see through your soul and knew that your top one was going to be the boon cycle. I love that. If anything, that's two wins for me, but you can also subtract one of it because one of my cards was Coligan's, and that feels bad. Feels real good for me. <laughs> I hate it so much. Well, Fantastic. Matt, you know what? I. One time you gave me the shout out after Definitely. a well earned victory. I've done that more than once. I think now it's time for me to give the love back. You were give so kind back, to give though. me a shout out or a extra hint that I didn't need because uh, I'm great. But I think I'm going to give you the shout out for the because I'm that kind of. Well, and that nice. It is. Let me uh, bring up my thing here so I can read about it. Okay, so this is relatively new. I haven't actually seen it yet, but it seems very, very cool. Uh, so on Twitter, they are Manastack. That's at Manastack, M-A-N-A-S-T-A-C-K. Um, and what it is, it's a what their description is, I should say, a suite of tools for creating and playtesting Magic the Gathering. Day. And huh. that's exactly what it is. It's They have a card uh, database, a deck builder, uh, you can play test, so like test your decks out in real time uh, using a drag and drop interface. Uh, multiplayer testing is actually coming soon, uh, which seems pretty neat. So it seems like a gold fishing tool that uh, eventually will be, um, they'll have servers and you can just kind of play test. It really, really reminds me of Cockatrice. Yeah, a little bit. If, if you remember what that is. Um, it does also like analyze your deck, like it might help with, uh, mana costs and curves, uh, how many of each land you would need, things like that. Um, like I said, I haven't used it yet. Uh, you can create an account. It's free. Um, it does look super interesting, and I will be trying it out. Um, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I just followed them now that because I haven't heard of it until you mentioned it right now. I so, don't yeah, remember I'm jump how... on and see what this is all about. Yeah, I don't remember how I found them. I think someone retweeted them. Actually, I know exactly what happened. Um, Another shout out, uh, Brian Manalakos. Uh, he's a pretty hardcore old school player. Yes. And he follows them. That's how I ah, found it. Ah, there we go. That's how I found it. And I give you my like, shout oh, out and you abuse it by giving multiple shout outs? Fuck yeah, fuck you. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> um, it does seem pretty cool. I do want to check it out. Sounds like it might help with. Like, for example, if you suck at making mana bases, it might help you out a bit. Yeah, that's definitely something. And I'm really bad at making commander mana bases, so maybe this will help out with that. Yeah, I don't see why it wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, like, after adding all the duels, like, I always have a hard time picking what basics I need to put in the deck. This will definitely help with that. Yeah, so it seems pretty interesting. Yeah, this is... I mean, if it works as promised, this could definitely be something useful. Yeah, I figured uh, rather than going something with that a shit ton of people know about, go with something that not very many people do a little under the radar action yeah you get it i do get it hell yeah that's a good shout out man i'm glad i gave you it i was taking it either way boy oh you fucking dirty fuck i wasn't gonna give you the chance <laughs> you stupid you think you get the chance but yeah go check them out sign up if you want i don't give a shit um i just figured i'd throw it out there hell yeah well dude that's a hell of an episode we just blew through yeah, it's a good three hour, three and a half hours on the phone. 
Yeah, so I'm assuming after editing, this one's going to be uh, well over two hours. Yeah, it seems that way. We, I kind of derailed us on purpose. It, it, it's all staying in, so fuck them. Have fun, idiots. Yeah, have fun sorting through all of this mess. And if you got to this point, uh, I hope that you would love to go over to the Twitterverse and follow us at fetch underscore shock. And while you're at it, you can also follow me at basic land bin, and you can follow Matt at its bot. Pretty simple. Yeah, and if you made it this far, I'm assuming you're already going to tune in next week, where we probably are going to be finishing off these Aquarius spoilers. Yeah, hopefully we get the final ultimatum. Hopefully they never print those remaining swords. God damn it. I Please. hope the last cards are just different versions of Quilligan's Command. <laughs> no, just every color combination gets a Quilligan's Command. Yep. The exact same card as Quilligan's Command with a different name and different colors. But it's going to be like one mana. Yes. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> You're the worst. It's actually going to be free. It's going to be target opponent sacks a creature. Your target opponent has to sacrifice for this to go on the stack. And then it does all those things. Oh, God. Damn. Opponent sacrifices a white creature. <laughs> You're just saying, Fuck you. You're making it so worse. You're such an asshole. <laughs> that was the goal. Fuck you. All right, nerds. Well, maybe I'll see you next week, but you won't be seeing Matt next week because it's a piece of shit. <laughs> Fired. <laughs> All right. Fucking see you later, nerds! Peace.